be spectacle, there'll be fantasy, there'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see. Hey, actor! Yeah, we're gonna be a movie starring everybody and me. There'll be heroes bold, there'll be comedy, and a lot of fuss that is for us to happily. Hey, actor! We can watch it on the Bob the Train. Hello everyone and welcome to the episode 100 spectacular. Hell yeah boy. Hey an actor. Huzzah. We did it. We made it. Huzzah indeed, indeed. In 2023. Yeah, it should work. Uh, yeah, but we, we, we're being true to ourselves. Yes. Yes. Run of uh, form. And we are the Brothers Wilson. I am Ian Wilson. I'm Pandy Wilson. Hello, brother. How I'm, are you? Oh, I'm pumped. I'm really excited. <laughs> it's so cool. We've done a hundred episodes. I mean, a we're doing episodes. the hundredth episode. Wow. Yeah. God, I've never done a hundred of anything. Um... Sure. Okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> I probably, that's unverified facts, but still, hmm. hey, how are you feeling about uh, our milestone achievements? I'm feeling good. I've, I think it's a good achievement. Yeah. You know, it's it's been ten years and a uh, hundred episodes. Well, so we average ten a year, which yeah. actually is kind of remarkable. <laughs> well, we we really fell off the past few years. <laughs> Quite. Um, but beforehand, literally, the only reason we took a month off was. Uh, because you had a child. Yeah. Twice. <laughs> Twice so. child. And thankfully that's not happening again. No, nope. uh, I've had a vasectomy. <laughs> as, For those of you who what, came in late. It was mentioned. Um, <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, so we're going to treat this as one of our normal end of the year um, episodes, except not normal. No. Because it's episode 100. It's celebration time, baby. Oh, absolutely. In the words of Al Gore, I will. <laughs> Celebrate good times. Yes, yes. Yes, good stuff. Now, uh, I'm sure you're all wondering, are they really going to get two film reviews out of Bob the Train? Well, no. No, was... <laughs> psych. That was a red herring, uh. right up there with Spencer Breslin. <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, we did say in previous episodes that it was going to be one of our recurring uh, jokes who was going to be the focus of episode 100, mm. and there were plenty of uh, choices. There was the potential for Catherine Hepburn. There I was, being in an episode of Hey, an Actor, with my face. Oh, Vincent Price. Yes, I could have been the episode's person, but no, not today. Oh, Pierce Brosnan. When you're gone! <laughs> Damn it, why are you making work for me? Or, uh, Wackham Phoenix? Oh, thank you. Anyway, yes. <laughs> but, uh, it's not a that, it's someone who unfortunately does involve a bit of production. Uh, but, it's uh, fine, anything for the lovely, oh, yes. wonderful... Have a Graham. Hey, have a Graham. Have a... Have oh, have a...
Good Lord. Uh, oh, those are my new pyjamas from Christmas ruined. Now, let's so. not lower the tone. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so that's uh, two films of Heather Graham's we're going to be covering. Absolutely. And the pyjama ruining mistress herself. Indeed, indeed. But before we get to those films... Um, We've got a ton of stuff to get through. And we've got some specials, because, you we know, ep- episode 100. And you know what, brother? What's we've that? We've got some celebrity messages congratulating us on our amazing milestone of 100 episodes. Oh, wow, that's we're, incredible. Know, we've got four wonderful uh, artists, people that we know and love. Um, all of the musical artists, actually, I should say. And, and oh, they've wow. all they've all wanted to just say something to, to celebrate us. I mean... Mostly you, actually. You're you're very popular with the celebrities, bro. But, uh, <laughs> the, the, the first, I'm, wor- the, I'm worried now. The first one is for a legendary band who just wanted to pop along and say hello and wish us well. Okay then. Oh. Hello, we're the Beatles, and we're here to celebrate 100 episodes of Hey, an actor. There's no sign of any sexual motive. <laughs> Thanks, George. Isn't that lovely? The Beatles would oh, come along to thanks. celebrate. Thanks, the Beatles. Ah, oh, fantastic stuff. Now they they love us both uh, in equal measure, obviously. Yes. Um, and they did a special version of their song, "And I Love Her." Isn't yes, that nice? Yes, it was. Um, now the second one, ah, oh, pop royalty, brother. Pop it's royalty. Only, it's only bloody Kim Wilde. What? Wow. Okay. Hello, I'm Kim Wilde. <laughs> no, I don't really care much about Pandy. I'd just like to say congratulations, Ian. For getting to 100 episodes of Hey and Actor. And hey, here's a little song to help celebrate this immense occasion. Penny's a frivolous band. I'd love to make Ian my friend. They're the bros from Hey and Actor. They're the bros from Hey and Actor. Everybody loves to hear Ian's gritty. Thanks, Kim. Isn't that nice? She's a big fan of yours. Yeah, I, I loved that hit of hers from the ah, 80s. Uh, that, that one hit. Well, I'm sure she had more, but <laughs> yeah, slight, slightly before my time. And, and they don't fit in with any of our names or anything to do with the show. Um, so, yes, uh, the next one. Ah, my words. Another pop pop royalty. Maybe the, the crown fading a little bit with age. But uh, it, it's a certain person, uh, a, a noted xenophobe. Uh, who, who, <laughs> Who'd just like to help us out a little bit on how to deal with one of our trickiest sections of the show. Right. Um, so yeah, let, let, let's hear what they have to say, shall okay. we? Hello, I'm right wing singer Morrissey. <laughs> and I love Hey an Actor, especially Ian. But I think there's one thing that could be made a little bit better, and it's reading out the filmography section. So congratulations, bros. And Ian, take a trip from an old master. Ian, take a, Ian, take a bow. Read the filmography of a film star And don't read every film Look at it in advance and decide which one should be Advance and decide which one should be Oh, yeah. oh 
that's a good thanks. idea. Thanks, thanks, Moz. Ah, it's, I mean, I'm glad he's doing some good work nowadays. Yes, yes. Rather than just being right wing and xenophobic. <laughs> but hey, um, and and finally, brother, this one's really exciting. Oh, and again, okay. it's another one just for you. But I think you'll you'll realise why. Um, it's an old friend of yours who's been with you in your audio career. Since the very beginning. Oh, right, okay. Errol Brown here. A hundred episodes is amazing. But I love the Oscar game more than anything else. So keep doing it, Ian, you sexy thing. And remember... Find that Oscar winner, baby, it's a fun. It's a fun. Take up as much showtime as you need. Find that Oscar winner, baby, girl or gal. Girl or gal. It never fails to satisfy. He's a big fan of the Oscar game. Brother. Wow, that that is a broad spectrum, Patrick. isn't it? All of the, our celebrity endorsements: the Beatles, <laughs> Kim Wilde, Smiths era Morrissey, and hot chocolate. The late Errol, Errol <laughs> Brown. Well, the Beatles aren't looking too spry nowadays. <laughs> But hey, we, we, we have access to time machine powers on Hay and Act. Oh, well, so. clearly. So yeah, thank you to all of our celebrity endorsements. Uh, <laughs> yes. That's very kind of you. It sure is. Okay, lovely stuff. Um, right. <laughs> okay, so before we get into our first film, um, we're going to get into uh, an old tradition. And that is a tradition of which... Um, your friend and ours, uh, Christian Honore, uh, sends us a casting challenge based Ooh. upon our, the actors that we cover during the year. Yeah. Christian's casting challenge! Uh, now, uh, this, this was sent back in October, uh, before Christian was fully aware of who we were doing, but that ah. doesn't matter, as you will soon discover. So, Christian says... Hello, brothers and directors Wilson, and congratulations on reaching your 100th episode. Thanks, man. Hopefully you'll have selected someone worth a damn to devote it to, rather than some mediocre director or Will Smith again. Hey! (laughs) That's next month. Uh, (laughs) Chances are I'll enjoy the episode anyway, and we'll be eating these words as I listen. Your casting challenge this year is as follows... You have been given carte blanche by a major studio to direct your dream project. In addition to choosing what this dream film is, you must each cast six actors for it. Three actors whom Ha have covered already, a fourth actor who you want to cover on the show in future, and two more Ha covered actors to ban from your production. Ooh. That's an interesting one. It's a ban- as in they want nothing to do with them. Okay. Yeah, I suppose. There will be three caveats, however, regarding your picks. You may not choose an actor or actress who is deceased, like Marilyn Monroe. I mean, on- that makes sense. For obvious reasons, yes. <laughs> Nor may you choose one who is currently retired, like Michael Caine. Oh. Again, self-explanatory. Or Bruce Willis. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, three. To spice things up, and since he's a very obvious no pick anyway, you may not choose Mel Gibson as one of your two band actors. Remember, he hates the English as well as Jews and gay people. He hates the English. Parentheses, poor Stephen Fry. (laughs) 
Yes, um, uh, as as previously discussed, brother, Braveheart and the Patriots and Gallipoli. That's a very good point. Mm. And please do not think I want you to pick him as one of your three leads. Ho, 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 ho. No. (laughs) Bear in mind also that in this scenario, you would be working with your chosen actors on a regular basis, so you may want to consider how likely on your picks is to trash your lights I'll read that again so so you may want to consider how likely on your picks is to trash your lights or how they might react to terrible jokes about balding women as well as their respective talent I think that was a Christian Bale reference ah yes that's of course how they'd react to terrible jokes about balding women, I'm not so sure who he's talking about. Uh, Gail Porter. Right. I, maybe, I don't know. I, I didn't know anyone famous did jokes about Gail Porter. I don't I'm sure we'll be correct. Kicking but... someone when they're down. <laughs> yeah, quite. Anyway, uh, yours faithfully, executive producer Christian. Oh, it's an interesting one. So okay. we've got carte blanche. Yes, so, three previous heart actors who are not dead or retired right. uh, to star in the dream project of your choice, so that's something to consider as well um, uh, as well as an actor we haven't picked as of yet but would be in strong heart contention as long as they weren't retired or dead <laughs> and uh, you want two heart actors to stay the hell away from I suppose the premiere, you know, because if they're not going to be in your film. You, yeah. Um, As in, like, box office poison or... Yeah, or just, just keep them away in general. Yeah, fair <laughs> it's enough. It's like everyone who's ever been involved in horror can show up to the premiere except for these two people. Right. I, that's, okay. that's how I'm choosing to look at it. I think that's fair. Okay. Okay, well, um, we'll have our thinking caps on. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, let's reveal the first of our Heather Graham films that we're going to cover in this episode. And uh, we're starting with... Um, it's it's a Netflix film, so it's one that Pandy chose for me. <laughs> uh, thank you, brother. A pleasure. Uh, and uh, we'll discuss it with the other side of the, the trailer. The trailer for the Netflix Christmas film, Best Christmas Ever. Dear friends, family, and fellow Earth dwellers, life just seems to fly by when you're having a splendiferous time. Oh, is that? The Jennings Holiday Newsletter. It's the most absurd thing ever. I would love to show up at her house uninvited and to see the actual truth. Charlotte Sanders? Jackie Jennings? What are you doing here? Are you sure you put the right address in your phone? Of course I'm sure. Surprise! Grab your bags. There is plenty of room here at the end. It's gonna be the best Christmas ever. Jackie made pancake shapes. Just like I make. No, these look like real things. Something is off here. Checkmate. Nobody's life is that wonderful. Freshly squeezed. Chest I ever had. I mean, it's it's the best, the best I ever had. By nobody's life, you mean ours? Come on, let's get us a treat. Nice firm needles. Oh, yeah, that's a nice one, baby. Mm-hmm. I've been taking a look around. You actually think that proving that Jackie's life isn't perfect is going to make you feel better about yours? Being here reminds me of everything I wanted to do with my life and didn't. 
turtle crash. You must have left the window open. I knew you were sneaking around. What is your problem, girl? It's you, Jackie. Your life is just too wonderful for her. Things don't just magically work out for me, Charlotte. Come on, Jackie, you have it all. Some girls have it, and some girls don't. I can't imagine spending the holidays together after what happened. We are friends. We were friends. No, we are friends. I want you to stay. So, it's salvageable? Everything is salvageable. Things won't happen unless you believe they can. I have faith. Everything is going to work out. Santa Claus is coming to town. It's going to be a long Christmas. Yep. Oh, oh, that'll buff right out. Yeah. Best Christmas ever is a 2023 American Christmas romantic comedy. That's romance. Okay. Uh, starring Heather Graham, Brandy Norwood, Matt Cedeniero, and <laughs> Jason Biggs. Him. The pie fucker. <laughs> the pie fucker. And it tells the story about how Heather Graham and Jason Biggs, who are married... Um, accidentally dropped by an old college friend um, who happens to be fabulously wealthy. It's Brandy. And uh, <laughs> because Heather Graham always felt rather less than gracious towards Brandy and uh, the fact that Jason Biggs used to date Brandy, or their characters did, it doesn't matter what their names are, <laughs> um, oh, tell me I'm wrong. No, you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, there, there is a bit of tension because Brandy is seemingly living a wonderful, wonderful life without killing anyone in a car. Um, <laughs> but uh, it turns out things might not all be as they appear, but it's not quite what Heather Graham thinks it will be. Mm. Add in some insane children, be they precociously intelligent or believing that their monkey puppet uh, is a (laughs) a sentient (laughs) being, or whether one of them has superpowers. (laughs) It all culminates in a solar-powered hot air balloon. (laughs) And a nativity scene. Happy 100th episode. Oh, it's been a delight. It's been, this is the penultimate film we're covering in our 10 years of doing this. Okay. Best Christmas ever. <laughs> so, I've never seen this before, Pandy. Yeah. It came out in November this year. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the lowdown. I've seen it twice within two yeah. months. Yeah. Because yeah. your face, because we watched this together. Yeah. Your face very much said... I can't believe I'm watching this again. <laughs> go, go for it. Okay, so obviously we both love Heather Graham. We've got a meme about her. Yes. And she's quite prolific on uh, Instagram. Um, and often it's her doing yoga in a bikini, so you know. Really? Uh, yeah, I know, right? I should, I should really love Exactly, exactly. So, you know, when she came up with a new film um and it was christmas and it was whatever she was very proud of it and rightly so because it came out um when it came out it was number one on netflix 
um, <laughs> and like beat out something else that was quite high profile at the time, and she was quite quite of... hard. No, no, no. <laughs> um, yeah, so she was obviously publicising it on her Instagram. So you know what, could be fun. Stick it on. <sighs> <laughs> but it is her most recent film, so yes. it's quite. And actually, having looked through her filmography when we started to put this uh, episode together, brother, not seen very many Heather Graham films. Um, so yeah, there's it's... a kind of cluster around the time she was at her most prolific. Yeah, and we are covering one of those films. Yeah, but between this and that time, uh, not a lot. Nope. nope, or at least not a lot that she's starred in. So, no. so yeah. she literally has been in this film, and I think she puts in a good performance. Uh, with what she's got to work with. We'll, we'll talk about it as we go through. But uh, what was your opinion of Best Christmas Ever uh, the first time we watched it to the day? So this is a film I very much enjoyed because I was watching it with you. <laughs> because your face was a picture. Yep. Um, I will say that um, because there were genuinely two or three genuine guffaws yes. in there. Unfortunately, I can't remember what they are. Well, but... one one of them was the early joke about them being in a no doubt tribute act. Yes, for dead certainty or something. Yeah. <laughs> I always mean, ruined one of the three good jokes yep. of the film. You don't need to watch it now. But you know, so this is one of the things that my flick chart was built for. So I mean, it's it's down there. It's it's in the eight hundreds, but it is above Pearl Harbor. Chasing Amy and Shallow Hal, which we covered this year. Right. I think that's fair. <laughs> no, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, there we go, there we go. Um, I will say, it does help that it knows it's a twee Christmas Hallmark rip-off nonsense film. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about it, and uh, apart from the obvious Seventh Seal, have we seen any other Hallmark <laughs> movies? <laughs> <laughs> you heard the trailer that I made, you know. I, I yes, that's right. That's that's what makes it hallmark. Yeah. Um, I was thinking, do I need to rewatch the scene? <laughs> uh, I mean, I do because it's been too long. Made but, by so hallmark. Yeah. <laughs> I am not um, one of these hallmark people. Um, in part, no, I don't, I you. Don't have- I don't have access to it. Right. I don't have ready access to it, and I don't seek it out. Closest I've come has been listening to uh, the Channel 37 Midnight Movie Podcast, because they've done a whole trilogy of nonsense Christmas Prince movies. Okay. Um, And listening to them get increasingly sour on it has been a joy, because (laughs) it involves Toland, Probert, and Ackerman. Um, but but I I will say that I don't begrudge people who enjoy that kind of cheese um, because it's meant to be fluffy, it's meant to be very low stakes and the conflict is meant to be kind of mild and everything gets wrapped. It's the kind of thing mum would probably enjoy. She probably it's, it's milk toast it's cheesy fun very low stakes, you know, there's, there's not much jeopardy, and you know it's going to end nicely. Because there was one point in the film that 
I don't think it was. I think it was Kelly, who like because she was in the room watching it with us, I mean, half watching it, but she's just like at one point thinking whether or not it might be the fact that the two couples are swingers. <laughs> yes, I think I thought that there was kind of sexual undertones. Yeah, uh... well, because it's implied that because Brandy and Jason Biggs's characters used to date before Jason Biggs married Heather Graham. That there's that kind of tension, and there's also this bit where Brandy's husband is trying to make her see through her jealousy, saying, "Look, do you find me attractive?" And she's like, "Yeah, I, I, I do." You say that's uh, so. That's me just making the point. Two people who find each other attractive can, you know, to be totally harmless. To which Heather Graham logically thinks, "Does that mean you find me attractive?" No, and he says, "No." <laughs> and that that was the second of the three really jokes. In the, I, I genuinely can't remember the third, but, <laughs> but it's there um, somewhere. It's there somewhere. So, so there is enough stuff for it to be engaging, and it is eighty minutes long. So it's not, you know, it's not a chore to get through, or it doesn't feel like a chore. No, I didn't feel like it was a... You might disagree. I found it very difficult watching second time rounds. <laughs> Just... Uh, I mean, there's there's no plot to this. It's literally the... Oh no, we've ended up at this house by some weird accident involving my son being a bellend. And we'll talk more about the kids in a minute. Um... And, oh no, we're now snowed in, so we're going to have to find, oh, something's a bit of a mystery, and there's nothing going on, but there is something going on, but you shouldn't be doing this, and no, oh, no, and then at the end, yeah. It's it's kind of like the joke in South Park about the Charlie Brown Christmas special, where there's like, but come on guys, we need to go to the play. <laughs> like, everything's about the Christmas play. Yeah. And this will be perfect for the play. And then at the end, they're not going to be at the play, because they're doing some fucking solar-powered hot air pollution. <laughs> Jesus With Christ. With ship mitts. Yes. Yeah. And their first cousin was Mariah Carey. <laughs> there's joke three. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, so, I mean, there's such a small amount to talk about in this film. It was fun watching it with you because it was so horrible to watch it. Or, <laughs> you know, we've covered some some amazing films. We've we've covered like f- films that have made me cry. Uh, we've covered films that have made me cross for all the right reasons and all the wrong reasons that kind of educated me in in like political things that I'd never had any knowledge of or historical events. And we're watching Best Christmas Ever. <laughs> where the pie fucker is married to Heather Graham. Brandy, who's the worst actress we've covered. Like, wow. to, I mean, we've not covered her, but, you know. She's not a great actress. No. And I think that was maybe why I was expecting more, is that Brandy plays this kind of smiling... Everything's perfect. Everything's lovely. Oh, look, there are some bespoke letters for you. To, oh, isn't everything... The... I was thinking, there's, there's got to be something wrong here. There's got to be... What's wrong? Oh, it's that. Uh, and I won't spoil it, but it's it's underwhelming, to put it mildly. So, uh, it's a film you watch going, why? Why am I wasting my time watching this bullshit? Twice in a month. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you talk. <laughs> 
So, with regards to Heather Graham herself, yeah, I did have to say, and this isn't very fair because you know everyone gets older, <laughs> but I was like, uh, in some scenes, she genuinely made me think of Amanda Holden, which How isn't dare you. I know it's not something I like to think of or compare, but I will say. It's nice to see Heather Graham in a starring role. And if it has to be a kitschy Christmas comedy that knows it's bad, um, then fine. (laughs) Fine. Okay. You know, I mean, she isn't Meryl Streep. Come on. You know, we we knew that going in. Meryl Streep's way hotter. But at the same time, she's transitioning from roles where... She'd be, re- you know, readily taking her clothes off to, you know, she's now a, a mom figure. And, you know, what what kind of comedy can you get out of that rivalry with an old college friend who's seemingly got a perfect life? So she's got to be a bit neurotic. She's got to be, you know, kind of vulnerable when... Her insecurities are being laid bare by her husband and her friends. Um, I mean, I I took a bit of umbrage with that bit of the plot because that, right. that the the conflict's based on the fact that Brandy's character has this perfect life seemingly and brags about it on a newsletter that they get every year, yeah. and she reads it and goes, "Ugh!" And the implication is that she's not proud of her own life, and therefore, you know, she takes this kind of showy offiness um on board which for me rings true because i don't like overly show offy people um i think people should celebrate when they need to celebrate but you know keep it for the special times rather than every single accomplishment ever that's just me but i kind of identified with the heather graham character for most of the film because it's a case of this, this is there's something wrong something's amiss here and we've got to find and and she's made to feel like the awkward one and everyone else even jason biggs is thinking hang on everything's fine what are you talking about and no something is genuinely wrong and okay that's a nice kind of moment of you know sometimes you you have to just retreat within yourself a little bit um because of tragedies that happen in the real world okay that's fair enough that's a nice teachable moment from the film but then the, the the kind of the donument of like uh, oh I I feel that I can't be proud of my own life. We've not really had much of that throughout the film. We've had some kind of eye rollingy moments of, gosh, her life's perfect. Something's wrong. But Heather Graham's character never outwardly says my life is awful. But that's what we're made to assume by the fact that they never put out a newsletter. Except they do. They do at the end. Well, uh, well. Spoilers. Well. Oh, oh yes, yes, sorry. They don't, but he does. He does, yes. he's proud of their life. uh, uh, Yeah. Yes, okay. So I I think that's as much as we can get into meaningful discussion about the the adult (laughs) plot. Now, you, you wanted to speak about the children... Yes. Um, so you mentioned Spencer Breslin earlier. Yeah, there's there's a wide range of candidates for the award, <laughs> the Spencer Breslin Award. Mm. The um, 
the children in this film are weak. Um, and I mean in terms of acting, and I ter- believe in, in terms of the narrative as well. So you've got but, three main children. And what? bear in mind, one of the children isn't in half of the scenes with the children involved. No, she yeah. is forgotten about entirely. <laughs> there is Dora, who thinks she's got superpowers and then is not there. Or is there at the end or whatever. The main two children are um, Heather and Jason's. I'm not even going to bother with their <laughs> character names, no. as you say. Uh, that's Grant. And Grant... <laughs> that's... That's a silly name for a child. Yeah, I'm Grant. Yeah. He's my brother, Phil. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Grant uh, is fixated on a monkey. And the monkey is almost a character in their own right. And they talk about the monkey in the third person or, or give it its own kind of adventure and its own personality. And it's legitimately creepy. And it's made into a plot point that it's a creepy monkey. Um, it, it causes a car crash. It causes a car crash. It's the whole reason why they fuck up and end up there in the first place because it wasn't me. It was Bob the monkey who put the wrong satnav jeep. Mm. <sighs> we we haven't way. covered the Exorcist, have we? Oh, we we did. For, yes, um, uh, uh, Max von Sydow. Sydow, yes. the priest in the coat. That's possibly the yeah. parody I'm most proud of. Possibly <laughs> one of anyway. Um, that's by the by. Um, but then the, the worst child is, uh, and I'm trying to find her name now. Is it Beatrix? Was that it her name? Is, it is Beatrix. Which is the, yes. the child of Brandy and Matt Cesano, C- C- Cidano, uh, Valentino. Valentino. And <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm thinking of the Latin character from Orgasmo. <laughs> I'm Sancho. <laughs> Are you Sancho? And? No, neither is Scott Bayo Sancho. <laughs> but I am Sancho. Anyway, um, I, I hate her character because a, <laughs> she, the character is smart enough to get into Harvard, but mm. her main thing she, to She's do, 10 years old. She's 10 years old, she's in Harvard, and her main thing that she's got to do is dispute whether Santa Claus exists or not. Yeah. How the fuck? No! You can't have it both ways. You cannot have someone going to Harvard and not... De- Who's, who still believes in Santa. <laughs> oh, skeptic. Oh. And that bit right at the end, where she's like, parents and children, listen up in the middle of the play. Get get off the stage, you precocious brat. That's not adorable. You are ruining everything. This town hates you. Anyway, just to say, if my children got up in the middle of a pageant and decided on their own bats to make a public service announcement, mm. they would be grounded. Yeah, my, my money's on Link. I mean, he'd probably go, chicken, and run away. <laughs> get his bum out. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I hate the children in this film. What about you? Uh, I, I wasn't a fan. Um, <laughs> yes, it, it, there was something incredibly irritating. Because, you know, they're like, let's prove Santa isn't real by terrorising this village Santa. Yeah, pull off his beard and use yeah. Monkey Bob to help you do it. Poor guy, he's just there trying to do a job. There's no indication he's a villain. Mm. I mean, he's a Santa Claus in disguise. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think about the the end climax scene with the solar-powered hot air balloon, brother, at night time? <laughs> well, that is a technology, though. It's like there, yes. there's legitimately a house on my street which has solar-powered lights um, in, its, in its front drive. So You're kidding. 
It clearly... Wow, you know, it, it really is 2024. Solar-powered sol- lights in the front of the... It stores the solar energy by day <laughs> and produces light at night. You're right, that's the same as running an entire hot air balloon, yes. Okay, no, that's, it's, it's clearly different. <laughs> I mean, there, but... there is a line that says, oh, the solar batteries are charged, and okay, fine. But I question the, the amount of charge that... I mean... Having, having said that, we do have entire cars powered entirely by... Bat- uh, but they're not solar power. Uh, I just hate it. I don't like it. It's a bad, it's, bad plot device. It's a contrivance, certainly. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So, there's not much more to say about best Christmas ever. Was we it the to- best Christmas film ever? Uh, no. <laughs> um, not necessarily the worst. Okay. Um, but because you know, I don't like the Home Alone movies. Oh, but, um, I know that's controversial. Yeah, but, but that they're at least better made than this film is. Yes, with a, you know Tim Curry's in one of them. Yeah, so that's that's something. But they both feature a, car- a character called Bob. So um, the the next thing on the docket is uh, to go through a compilation of outtakes. Oh, what fun. Are we going to hear from our friends, the archivist? I think you might. Oh, goody gumdrops. Lovely stuff. I know how much you like him. Yeah, he's a fun man. I am the archivist. These... Are the outtakes chosen for episode 100 of Hey an Actor? Ha outtake Jesus names. He very soon had the born identity. Wow. Of, of the son of God. Yeah. <laughs> Saviour of us all. King of the Jews. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. Christ. Uh, Lil Joseph. That was unpopular. Um, the Lord of the Dance. Uh, yes. Not much, much of the dancing in the Bible, but the, I know. The, the Dance City. The Dance City. Yeah. Um, the, the the beginning and the end? That was God. Yeah, anyway, the, the board identity. Okay. Outtake. Edit the bird. Too spoilerific, so I've put enough bleeps in this episode already. <laughs> um, <coughs> I'm gonna have to edit out that burp as well. <laughs> Fuck. There you go, there's an outtake. Merry Christmas. Oh, my pen stopped working. Ah, <laughs> oh, shit, skis. Hard outtake. Ugly baby. God, I've just seen someone's very ugly baby. <laughs> Yeah, I I have to watch myself when people post pictures of babies. I'm just, I mean, I, aren't they the most beautiful thing? They've literally just been born. I mean, generally, I can look at a baby and go, but that baby's ugly, man. It's just <laughs> outtake spat. There we go. Should we hear what other people think about him? Yes. Why not? Yeah. Cool. Um... You ready? So we only have uh, one piece of feedback, and that is from the orgs. What? That's completely superfluous. Is you it, said, shall we sh- hear what other people think about him? Yeah. 
Because pressed play, oh, I guess you need a lead in, I yeah, guess. Lead in. Yeah, leader. Yeah. Why is that so hostile? It was a huge like gear change. Show me what other people think. Yes. Right. Well, what? Okay. You can cut that out. In editing. Could, could you just say then? Um, <laughs> yes. Let's hear the orgs feedback. Absolutely. Let's hear the orgs feedback. There you go. Was that so hard? <laughs> I'm the director of this episode. You'll the do producer. my bidding. No, I'm the director as well. Yeah, you know. And editor, cinematographer. Yeah. And, uh, cinematographer. Cin- yeah. Of a podcast. Yeah. With no video. You're a nice guy. <laughs> nice guy. But we're fucking done professionally. Heart outtake. Unqualified. Yeah, fine. So I'm wrong in that sense, but, uh,. What am I saying? Uh, I don't feel qualified to comment on films right now because my balls were sliced into <laughs> yesterday. Well, look forward to <laughs> the next couple of hours of Hey and Actor. Um, okay, so... No, 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 I'm going to cut that out. Let me continue. All right. Outtake. <laughs> Throw a tin. Salt. Um, a rather violent assault at that. Mm. But after the assault... Uh, trying to bounce back on the basis that his wife seems rather, um, <laughs> um, well, I think we've got the outtake there. <laughs> Sorry. So, let, let, let's just pause. Um, what, what did you just throw across the room? Santa Claus tin. Whilst I was in mid-flow. I'm moving out of the way, subtly. Subtly. By chucking a metallic tin. With something in it. There's nothing in it. It was the lid. It was the lid. It was the lid. I see. And I may have grazed your arm. No, you didn't. Oh, okay. No, it's grazed fine. your phone. No. Oh, okay. No. Well, do continue. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Oh no, <laughs> not Merry Christmas. See you for ninety-one. <laughs> That's very presumptive. Yes. <laughs> well. And then went that with the art tape. Not that. We'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be ninety-one. Fantastic. Unless. Yeah. Ha outtake. Pandy hates Catholics. But Catholics can burn in her. <laughs> and that's not fair. What? <laughs> Sorry. I was just, I, mean, uh... I mean if they do, if they don't follow certain uh <laughs> Yes. Uh, every anyway. sperm is safe. <laughs> outtake. Fake start. Hello everyone, and welcome back to Hey An Actor with the Brothers Wilson. I'm Ian Wilson, and I'm in the bosom of my family because... Uh, we Get do- out my bosoms. We're doing the recording at Fort Pandy itself, Fort Pandy. Hello. Of Pandy fame, and you just heard Pandy. <laughs> no, that, was, that was the sound of my house. <laughs> I've given it my voice. <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> Thanks, pals. <laughs> No input from Kelly at all. <laughs> no. The man's house. <laughs> the episode of The Simpsons where they gave the voice of the house to Chandler. Could I be any more of a house? There was one tree house of horror where uh, the house, or a house, was voiced by, uh, hey, an actor favourite, Pierce Brosnan. And that's the same episode. Why do you gun? I was going to um, put a little marker on that. Can you start again? Okay. <laughs> Well, I suppose if you're editing. Yes. yes. Okay. And finally, the contextless outtakes. Anyway. Lovely stuff. Yeah. So. Here is a pic. No. 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 So, 
We should be the sexiest paedophile. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> and genitals. With or without a spoon. <laughs> I need to wee. So apparently Skype's safety word is Richard E. Grant. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Nah. Goodbye. Always a pleasure. Mmm. Wow. Gosh. Yeah. Oh, some of them absolutely disgusting, and uh, some of them slightly disgusting. Yeah, you can see why they don't make the main episodes. No. And they instead get saved up for the uh, episode 100 spectacular. Yeah. Where they get their own spotlight. And I get to cough. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. So, shall we move on to our final film of uh, the, the first 100 episodes of Hey and Actor? I think we should. This is From Hell. Inspector, I know your reputation for making brilliant guesses that turn out to be right. Someone told me you claimed to dream the answers. Sometime this evening, a bangtail was murdered in George Yard. That doesn't sound much out of the ordinary. It was the way she was done, Inspector. It was the way that she was done that cries out for a man of your talent. He can foresee the victims. I saw her. I saw her face. Your vision's about me. Most definitely. You know, they used to burn men like you alive. He could sense the suspects. He must be someone with money. And how do you know that? This ain't killing for profit. This is ritual. But for an inspector in charge of the world's most infamous investigations... He's punishing them. I want double shifts within this area. We'll have mayhem on the streets. I believe this was done by someone with a working knowledge of dissection. An educated man, that's preposterous. The last thing he expected... I want you and your friends off the streets until I can sort this thing out. I do trust you. ...was to get close... Someone who would be next. Jack the Ripper's not finished. Where is he? I want him. From Hell is a 2001 horror detective film starring Johnny Depp, Heather Graham, Robbie Coltrane and Ian Holm. And it's all about 1888's famous wacky butcher, Jack the Ripper, and some prostitutes who are going through their horrible, wretched lives. Johnny Depp's character being an uh, opiate-addicted... police detective and their words worlds intertwine as they try and work out who is trying to kill these different prostitutes. 
It's a film I'd never seen before. Um, brother, when was your first time watching From Hell? I've been sitting on this one for a while because oh, really? um, I was going to do it at some point for comic relief. Okay. Because... What's that then? <laughs> it was uh, a former Earth 2 segment where I used to review comic book movies. Oh. Was <laughs> it kept you busy? Uh, yeah. You know, before I branched out into actual big podcasts, you know. Big podcasts. Yeah, big girthy podcasts. Um... <laughs> With Dave Probert. Um, but the... Uh, yeah, so I was... I had seen this... I think for the first time around 2008, like between universities. Right. And then I had rewatched it as a potential one um, in 2015 when I was doing The Labours of Comic Relief. Okay. Uh, but, oh uh, yes. Uh, with the Pandemon. Pandemon. Yes. Um, but ultimately, uh, it, it just didn't fit. So. Oh, um, shame. So yeah. So I've, I've seen it a couple of times, and it's always an interesting film to revisit, and especially uh, nowadays, um, because it does seem like a film that was kind of made at the wrong point of time. Except you couldn't have assembled that particular cast at any other time. And well, I no. think, I think it's the cast that kind of makes the film. Uh, they're definitely the best thing about the film, yes. Mm. Uh, and that's something to go into, certainly. But, mm. uh, yeah, as a film, I think it is, it's a mixed bag. Uh, the focus is all over the place and I don't particularly care for the ending. Uh, we, won't, <laughs> we won't go into it because I don't want to spoil people on it, notwithstanding it's nearly 25 years old. Yeah. But I think there are bits about it that are really, really good and bleak. Um, and then there are bits about it that are a bit rubbish so and, un- <laughs> and unfocused. So um that's how i set out my stool uh this is the first time you've seen it brother what were you thinking there's a hole in the world and it's full of shit and there's <laughs> blah, blah, blah. it's called london yeah strange that yeah johnny depp likes playing macabre characters in victorian london but, huh. he does he likes just playing english people he does yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I I watched this the other day, um, and was messaging you throughout the happy-go-lucky romp that is from hell. Um, I think you've hit the nail on the head in terms of the focus is all over the place, and there's some bits that work really super well, like some of the the the, the murder montages and the the forced perspective or the first-person perspective and. You know, how people meet their demise is quite effective in some ways. In other ways, it's a big ragtag mess of, like, quite formulaic deaths in the end. About, oh no, you really shouldn't go out there. Nah, fuck you, I'm gonna go out there. And oh, <laughs> would you like some grapes? Yeah, I would like some grapes. Oh no, death investigation. You shouldn't go out there tonight, Mary Kendry. Well, oh, fuck you, I want some grapes. Hello, would you like some grapes? My master's got grapes for you. I was in Spice World, the movie. Go on, then. I'll have some grapes. Ah. You know. Yes, that's what Jason Fleming's best known for. <laughs> in between, you've got Robbie Coltrane going, no, no, you really shouldn't be doing this. And then you've got, um, yeah, 
I, I I think you're right. I think the cast makes this film not a train wreck. I think poor Heather Graham in this film is kind of lost. Um, she's she is the leading lady in this film. Yes, and she's having to put on a cod English slash Irish accent. I would um, I would say exclusively English. I think they tried to get away with some things with her being Irish because well, of well, her red hair. Well, the red hair is uh, okay. So Mary Kelly is based upon an actual prostitute, the, the final victim of Jack the Ripper, indeed. Uh, that and that's not a spoiler. No, it's historical event, indeed. And who's to say this follows history exactly? Mm. Mm. There is a line of dialogue in which uh, Mary says. I think she's recounting this to one of her prostitute mates. Yeah. Um, that, like, she moved to England when she was eight or something like that, which is why she doesn't really have a an Irish twang to her accent. And I will say, I didn't think her accent was half bad. Well, I didn't think it was half good. But, but to be fair, though, she's not really got much to say. She's there a lot, and she's part of the conversation... But a lot of the time she's being talked at by Johnny Depp or being talked at as part of her ring of prostitute mates as the, the pool dwindles. Um, and there's not... As a leading lady, she's not given much to do. I think And I found that quite frustrating. I, I understand what you mean, but I think her relative lack of agency is actually kind of part of the the point. Because... You know, she is trapped in a man's world, a man's world that only wants to exploit her and, you know, in the run-up to the end, kill her as well. Um, that's all very well, but that's a character problem, not an actor problem. And I didn't get... I mean, there are ways of doing that. Think of um, Anne Hathaway in your favourite film, Les Mis. So your right. second favourite after Spider-Man. Yes. Um, how she... She's like yeah, she's Spider-Man. Obviously completely... <laughs> completely different film and completely different thing but she is also a character in another person's world and she's kind of she's got the opportunity to show how in how much injustice there is and to kind of steal the limelight and have a moment to be kind of the front and center the 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 leading lady of the film but heather graham doesn't have that moment for me unless i missed it yeah, she, she doesn't have a big song. Um. Well, no, I'm not looking for a big song, you ragamuffin. <laughs> but, you know, I just... I think as as a lead actress in a film, she was dicked over by the script and by the story. Um, maybe... I mean, we're coming at this from the perspective of looking exclusively at Heather Graham. Therefore, I'm watching Heather Graham maybe more than I should have been watching Heather Graham because ultimately she is... Part of the man's world, yes, and she's one of the group of kind of the, the dwindling pool of prostitutes um, that are being preyed upon. Mm. Uh, I, I, I kind of wanted to see more out of her. I think that's fair, um, and I'm actually c- kind of appreciative of the fact that, despite the fact that Heather Graham was quite well known at this stage of her career for taking a kiss off, uh, you don't get any of that. No, like. There is some nudity in the film, but it's by and large with extra characters. Yeah. It's like the most high-profile actress who gets a kiss off is Stacy from Gavin and Stacy. Yeah. As a, a kind of prelude audition to her role in Love Actually, undoubtedly. 
Yeah. But All um, I want for Christmas is you. Yeah, but um that isn't something that Heather Graham is, is made to do, which I appreciate. I think your criticism is valid insofar as the story is more concerned with the investigation into the murders and how do you catch the killer rather than the plight of the prostitutes themselves. And this is what I mean when I say it's an unfocused film because you get the idea that that is going to be a bigger thing about the film because you don't actually meet Johnny Depp until like 10, 11 minutes into the film proper. Beforehand, you've got uh, this group of five or six uh, prostitute friends together being menaced by David Schofield and a guy um, <laughs> uh, just like extorting them for money and that's their plight so when their first meeting Abilene after one or two of their number goes missing um, after a hilariously botched funeral um, the the big concern is, well, it's McQueen, obviously. Get him off the streets, you fucking useless policeman. Um, <laughs> and the rest of the film is like, hmm, is he a fucking useless policeman? Judging by the body count, you'd say yes. The fact he's able to solve it, you'd say no. Hmm. But I think one other thing that might hurt it slightly is that this is reminiscent of another film we've covered for Hay and Actor. Yes. Murder was by Decree. Murder by Decree for Christopher Plummer Month. Which did lead me to Google, like, how much was this meant to have influenced or, like, how similarly linked was this film to that film? They based it off the same source material. Yeah. Except so, one is a Sherlock Holmes movie. Yeah. And the other is an Alan Moore comic book movie <laughs> adaptation. And I, I spent a few moments thinking about, again, more audio treats for the podcast, trying to cast, um, James Mason in, in From Hell. Yeah. Good, look at this gracious Abilene, you must stop taking all this heroin. Yeah, he'd, he'd, he'd basically be the Robbie Coltrane part, wouldn't he? Yeah, he would. Yeah. With Christopher Plummer going, oh, don't worry, I'm just going to smoke this opium. Ha ha ha. What, what harm could it do me? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Apart from all the harm. Mm. Yeah, that was, that was fun. But uh, yeah, it was it was only part way through the film realised. Hang on a minute, I've seen what what is going on here? This deja vu, and you know, wait a second. Jack the Ripper is caught up with a secret society in the royal family. Dun dun dun. Ooh. So and, yeah, um, it was yeah. <laughs> um, so I will say for Herbert Graham, um. I think she does what she can with the role. I would say the role isn't the best realised one to showcase her potential acting talents. No, I think that's fair. I think uh, a lot more of the meteor roles go to the men. Meteor. Pardon the pun. Um, (laughs) I would say that... um, And again, I don't want to spoil anything, but... I mean, you're getting some big name actors just before they start hitting their fran- the franchise period of their careers. Yes. So this is Johnny Depp just before Pirates of the Caribbean. 
Yes. This is Robbie Coltrane just before Harry Potter. <laughs> this is Ian Holm just before Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Not not that he's an integral part of that, but you no, know, but he's there. He's still Bilbo Baggins. Yeah. And I've got to say, Ian Holm in this film is amazing. He is, isn't he? <laughs> I mean, you messaged me. Oh, no, I'm not going to say that because that'd be a spoiler. Okay. What I did almost do again was a song parody of uh, the Bilbo Baggins song. Uh, going, Jackie, Jack the Ripper. uh, (laughs) Right, that's not a spoiler. Well, he killed lots of women. (laughs) He cut off some minge. (laughs) He hoodwinked Johnny Depp. (laughs) And got Stacey's away her fringe. I don't know. That's why I didn't write it, but you know. So yeah, because we wouldn't want to spoil it, would we? We wouldn't want to spoil anything, no. No. But uh, since since you brought it up, Ian Homer's great in this film. Yes. Yeah. A physician ordinary to Queen Victoria. You actually had full-on Queen Victoria in this film. Had full-on Queen Victoria. Joseph Merrick. Yeah. John Merrick. Yeah. Yeah. The Prince Albert. Um, (laughs) Now, I I will say... um, One of the prostitutes was that person from uh, that Doctor Who episode that everyone really likes, but I find really scary and therefore... uh, Leslie (laughs) Sharp. Don't like it. Leslie Sharp yeah, from in, uh, Midnight. Midnight's. Yeah. The one that Mike raves about all the time. He does, and he's right to, but it, I didn't like it because it was scary. Yeah, well, that's that's the whole reason he likes it. I don't like it. What, what, what is interesting about the prostitutes, um, they're all legitimately historical figures, as is Johnny Depp's character and his boss... Uh, Sir Charles Warren, as played mm. by Ian Richardson. Ian, my fucking Richardson. As actually, as was Robbie Coltrane. Like all of these, all of the main characters, um, up until you get to Joanna Page, I suppose, um, were historical people, apart from the foreign prostitutes. Although, to to men of a certain uh, age, uh, there's some. Very interesting trivia about her. Okay. So, do you remember the the foreign prostitute? Yes, she was from Belgium. Yeah. Um, That's Nicole from the Renault adverts. Papa? Nicole. Uh, I thought I'd recognise her from somewhere. (laughs) Fair enough. So, that's her career. The Renault adverts. (laughs) And this. And then was gutted to high heaven. Well, theoretically... Well, uh, let's not spoil anything. No, no, you're quite right. Well, you're editing this, you can do it. I, I probably leave that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but other people, I mean, on a Doctor Who bent, we've got Madame de Pompadour in flashback as Johnny Depp's wife. Oh yes. Um, I think David Schofield from a Queen character was in Game of Thrones. Oh, sorry, it was his um, colleague. Uh, uh, Ralph Innocent, Dagmar Kleftjaw. Uh, I don't remember who that is. From it says here, the second season of Game of Thrones. I will have to. Be- he was also me. in The Office as Chris Finch. Oh, Finchy. Finchy, yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, either <laughs> way, so. Um, and you've also got Ian McNeese from Ace Ventura when Nature, Nature Calls. Yeah! It's nice to hit, see him in and around doing yes. different stuff. Isn't it just? He's still alive. 
<laughs> despite everything. Um, uh, how rude. And then, yes, Jason Fleming, um, who's a, a character actor. He was in Spice World the movie. He was in Spice World the movie. Yeah. That's all you need to know. Okay. In that case, I won't push it. (laughs) So, um, Johnny Depp. Yeah, there are shades of um, Jack Sparrow starting to come out in terms of an eccentric Englishman. A dandy. A dandy and a fop, yeah. I like to think in some ways this might have been... You know, imagine all the Pirates of the Caribbean films are what he was dreaming about in that opium den. Mm. Um, that could be fun. Yeah. A bit, a bit of headcanon there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will dream that I will be a pirate. That's an amazing Johnny Depp as an Englishman impression. Thank you kindly. Well done. Yeah. Um, and the award for <laughs> best. <laughs> um, yeah, he he wasn't awful in this film he's he's playing a character that is racked with guilt and is somber and i don't think johnny depp does well with me with those roles okay he, he well works... he's somber yeah uh-oh why that's, that's half his career well i don't like half his films <laughs> I, mean, I like him when he's being crazy uh captain jack sparrow or right. okay. a, a uh, drugs Baron or um, that guy from Fear and Loathing, you know. It's... Oh, okay, Hans Yeah, I mean, I probably like some of his more somber roles, but yeah, for for me in this film, he was he was playing a character. I mean, he did the right job. Okay. Um, he was kind of doing his sort of Sherlock Holmes impression, um, but more akin to a kind of an addict Sherlock Holmes rather than the kind of Christopher Plummer oh no you silly ass yeah. or Basil the Great Mouse Detective type hmm. um, yeah he's kind of doing deductive reasoning and he's the only one thinking about the psychology of the situation and therefore he's the outcast and fighting against the man and gosh isn't he hunky and dreamy and and dangerous I love him Bear in mind, the man is the ultimate the man in terms of Victorian establishment. Yes. Like, Ian Richardson's character has some really overtly racist lines. Yeah. But then that was... I was surprised, until it became a plot point, just how big the um, anti-Semitic angle was. Yeah, that was when I remembered the link between that and um, De- Murder by Decree, because it's right. the, the misspelling yeah. of uh, Jews on the wall. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, there was there was a lot of anti-Semitic stuff in there, which was a bit awkward. Yes, but, especially in this day and age. Well, it kind of reflected, I guess, the time. I'm not oh, a great oh, historian. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the, the Victorians were, for all the, oh, we've got values and everything, they were fucked up <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah as you yeah. can tell by a, a man who goes around Whitechapel slitting the throats of prostitutes and then removing their um sexual organs i mean even before that the whole the, the first like long shots across old london town with like people vomiting and shouting I, and the, the sweeney todd comparison is very apt it's, yeah. If anything, you could argue um, Tim Burton cleaned it up a bit more to, to fit his vision. <laughs> yeah, to fit the Walt Disney Company. Whereas the Hughes brothers... 
No, me neither. Um, they they didn't. They showed it in all its grim drudgery, um, quote unquote. Glory. Which is why, which is why, from hell is uh, a very apt um, title for it. I mean, I I do like how it established how grotty and horrible this place is. It kind of establishes I mean, the, the settings nice. The costumes are great. It kind of it feels like Victorian London. It's just everything else that goes a little bit awry. Um, <laughs> on, on Sweeney Todd bet, there's even uh, a bit where uh, a character escapes London to live by the sea. <laughs> <laughs> so there but we there go. is no sea on fire. <laughs> sea on fire. Um, mischief, mischief. It had a budget of thirty-five million dollars and made seventy-four point six. Okay, so, so it was a successful film. Um, it was more kind of critically split. Uh, the average approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes is fifty-seven percent, but people like Roger Ebert and Leonard Maltin and Kim Newman all thought very highly of it. And uh, something I I made note of. Um, this is the one Alan Moore comic adaptation uh, that his name's still on. Yeah, I suppose so, yeah. He actively removed it from the others. Well, exactly. He, he, he didn't quite like it 100%. No, as in, because he's Alan Moore. Well, yeah. And they, <laughs> they, they turned Johnny Depp's character into, quote, an absent swilling dandy, rather than a rough, gruff guy. Yeah. Um... But hey, I mean, that's but Hollywood. Bear in mind, the interpretation of Abilene in the film is completely historically inaccurate. Oh, yeah. That's this guy lived till on. his 90s, having retired and like being brought back to do um, investigative <laughs> crime-solving way, way into his, his old age. So. No. Hagrid put Tuzzy on his eyes and said, Go for you, young prince. Wow, all the spoilers. Um, <laughs> Snape killed Muddle Mud. Um, Soil and green is poor. There we go. Oh, dear. Uh, okay, so... Um, I think that's pretty much everything I want to say about um, From Hell. Uh, yeah. Any last words for me? I didn't enjoy it, but I think that's the point. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was It was. Fine, I guess. Um, I don't think I'll watch it again. Fair enough. Yeah. Okie dokie. What fun, eh? Well. Well. (laughs) Well, well, well. (laughs) Sure. Okay, then. Uh, Well, we'll drop in a clip from the fun film From Hell. And uh, (laughs) when, when we come back... Everything else! Woo! I want you and your friends off the streets until I can sort this thing out. Off the streets for how long? A few days at least. Well, you better throw us in jail then, because we have no money for food and no money for a dos. All right, you take this. Buy some food, get a room, stay there. Don't tell anyone where you're going. I don't want to know. In three days, come to the Tim Bells. I'll leave a message with the barkeep. Sorry, now. I wish I could show you the little village where I was born. It's so lovely there. 
It's by the sea, where you said you saw me. I used to think it too small to spend a life in, but now I'm not so sure. What? Do you think I'm paying you back? I didn't mean it as business. I'm still a woman. They haven't taken that away from me, not yet anyways. So, have a... Have a Graham pandy. Have a... No, no, stop that, stop that. Sorry. No, no. Stop that, stop that. You're not going into a song while I'm here. Not again. Sorry, sorry. Um, so, uh... <laughs> uh, just before we start this, just remember what Morrissey said. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, perhaps just a, a bit of background before we get onto the filmography. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that running joke started because, um, I mean, she's a very attractive woman. But then um, also, we've seen her in three films before um, this particular episode. Uh-huh. So it's boosted her right up to the dizzying heights of five, Ooh. which is more than you know, awesome wells. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks, best Christmas ever. Um, but uh, we saw her first in Boogie Nights, uh, where she was very naked, and then uh, she was a surprise uh, in, in Twins. It's just like, hang on. That's Heather Graham. <laughs> exactly. Jesus Christ. And uh, then we very much enjoyed her in Bowfinger as well. Yeah, she was funny. Yeah. And attractive. Indeed. So her first kind of big year was 1988. She'd done a few things before that, but uh, she was in the Corey Feldman slash Corey Haim vehicle Licensed to Drive. Yep. G- good. Yeah. And uh, that was also the same year as Twins. Lovely. Uh, and then going on from there, she was in an early Gus Van Sant uh, film called Drugstore Cowboy, uh-huh. uh, starring Matt Dillon and uh, Kelly Lynch. Yep. Yep. Um, and I don't read every film. I'm not reading every film. Uh, in the early 90s, um, she came to the fore towards the tail end of the lifespan of uh, popular cult TV show Twin Peaks. Ah, uh, yes. Um, so she appeared as Norma's younger sister who escaped from a co- convent. Right. And um, struck up the uh, uh, loving uh, eyes of uh, the main character... And, uh, of course, played by Kyle MacLachlan. And that was Agent Dale Cooper. And uh, so she was in the last six episodes of Twin Peaks. And then she was in the spin-off, weird prequel, sequel kind of film, uh, Fire Walk With Me, as well. Okay. Now, I've not watched that because we were going to do it for Tabhel. But... um, uh, apparently, uh, a bit horrific. Oh, because it's scary. Bad or oh, scary. Twin Peaks can be quite scary at times. I, I I've never seen it. I've, I did hear you cover it on Tab Hell, mm. but still never bothered. Yeah, well, fair enough. It's it's a big thing to get into. And then 1993. Um, we've mentioned it just because uh, it was brought up in our Uma Thurman episode and possibly ah. Keanu Reeves as well but uh, 
She was uh, cowgirl Heather in uh, Even Cowgirls Get the Blues. Up all night thinking of the name of that character. (laughs) Well, she was actually down to be in uh, your beloved film, Heather's. Um, What? But her parents... um, Stopped her going to the audition because uh, the uh, because of the tone of uh, the dialogue. Gosh! So um, there you well, go. so Mr. Bullet on that one. Well done, parents. Ah, I disagree. <laughs> I don't remember why I didn't like that film. Well, I don't either. No. Um, oh well. <laughs> anyway, so uh, it's it's really in the mid to late nineties where she comes to the fore. She did have a role in Swingers, which we mentioned last. Uh, month because it was directed by the guy who directed The Bourne Identity but uh, 1997 uh, was uh, her star turn in Boogie Nights a roller girl roller girl and then uh, you, you know she was in other films but um, I think the bigger of the other films she was in that year was as a cameo uh, in Scream 2 Yes, playing the character that uh, Drew Barrymore had played, uh, as in like the first victim in the original Scream. Yes, in the TV movie version version that was in Scream 2. Clever. Clever indeed. Well done, Kevin Williamson. And then a run of films that I have seen. 1998, (laughs) she was in the big screen movie adaptation of Lost in Space. Yep. As the oldest child. I've seen it, but don't remember much about it. Yeah, she her part wasn't that big. It was kind of like, oh, we've cast Matt LeBlanc in it. He's an action star now. Yes. Gary Oldman's a spider. Yeah, something like that. Um, and then 1999, uh, hit after hit, uh, she was Felicity Shagwell in Austin Powers' The Spy Who Shagged Me. Oh, that film. And Bowfinger. I'm sure Austin Powell's The Spy Who Shagged Me is aged like absolute milk. But I don't want to watch it. <laughs> I rewatched it three or four years ago. Oh, okay. And it's still fun. I mean, yeah, it's dated, but uh, it's still a, a dance like better than Goldmember. Because <laughs> Goldmember, you can tell, was made in 2002. It's Britney Spears. Yeah. Boys, ugh, yeah, yeah, and then um, uh, she starred in her own film called Committed in 2000. Know nothing about it. <laughs> and uh, 2001, she was in a comedy with Chris Klein, um, who uh, the the central conceit of it is um, whilst they're lovers. They get it in their heads that they might actually be siblings and therefore uh, committing lots of incest. And then <laughs> from from hell was that year as well. <laughs> what? So lots and lots of incest. And from hell was there as well. <laughs> 2002 um, was her erotic film with Shakespeare, uh, or better known as Joseph Fiennes. Uh, called Killing Me Softly. Oh, yes. And then she was also in a sex comedy called The Guru. I remember The Guru being advertised. It was, in part, um, it had uh, the Sugar Babes Round Round in its soundtrack 
And there's an early version of the video that has clips from that movie in it. Okay. Uh, so you might be able to find that. Uh, and then the stuff she's in starts to get less kind of, you know, well, well known. Uh, she has an uncredited cameo in the Adam Sandler movie Anger Management. And then she's in a romantic comedy with Colin Firth and Minnie Driver called Hope Springs. Oh gosh. And then, haven't heard of that one, or that one, <laughs> or that one. I'm doing what Morrissey tells me, which is, the last, which is the last time I'll ever say that. Um, <laughs> Don't let immigrants in. No, 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 it's <laughs> we're, murder. We're fools. Uh, she was in the 2006 film Bobby, which is a wacky ensemble cast film about uh, Robert Kennedy. Ha 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 Um, and then she was actually, one interesting, uh, film from 2008. She was in a short film directed by Danny Boyle, which was released in 2008, but filmed in 1999 at what? the height of her power. Uh, right. so it's called Alien Love Tri- Triangle. Okay. And she co-stars with Kenneth Branagh and Courtney Cox. Wow. Wow. And as I say, directed by Danny Boyle. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I've just clicked on it. Stephen Chesterman's a scientist who's created a teleportation device and hopes to use it for various purposes. He then goes home to his wife to share the news, but he learns she has a surprise for him. She is from outer space. It leads to a string of unusual events where beings from space come to visit Chesterman and his friends and show that all is not as things seem. I want to watch it. Okay. Wow. Should have done better research for Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll see you later. But there we go. <laughs> no, no. Um, 2009, uh, she famously had a cameo role in The Hangover. Yes. And uh, wisely avoided The Hangover Part 2. Yep. Not so wisely came back for The Hangover Part 3. I say that. I haven't seen the sequels. No, but you can probably guess. Yeah. Uh, Hangover Part 3 was 2013. In that same year, she was in the Daniel Radcliffe film Horns. Horns. Well, I think D- Daniel Radcliffe goes evil or something. Horns. That's right. All the, the sex smut thing. Um, Pubes. Then, best Christmas ever in 2023. <laughs> I mean, it's fair to say that she kind of dropped off the, the large Hollywood film uh, yeah. she, billings. She did do a, a, a fair bit more TV, though. I believe yes. she was on uh, that show you liked, Scrubs. She was on Scrubs, a recurring character, Dr. Muddy Cluck. Really? And, like, she, yeah. She's doing her kind of usual um, kind of funny, sexy shtick um, with this attractive Doctor character. And it's, yeah, she she fits it really well, the tone of Scrubs. Okay. It's funny, sexy doctors trying to make ends meet in a world gone mad. Oh, wow. Sort of. Okay. Um, 2006, she had her own show called Emily's Reasons Why Not. Okay. Cancelled after one episode. Aww. So, ha, ha worthy, but 
I've, I think the other episode, there were six. Harworthy. Uh, Harworthy. Uh, Tab Harworthy. Tab Harworthy. Um, so, it's been so long. Um, but like five of the episodes just didn't air. So. Aww. There you go. Uh, she's also on things like Portlandia, Californication. That's very on brand. Um. <laughs> And uh, other things as well. And many more. And many more. Uh, so, yeah, an interesting career. Um, but as you say, not something where, you know, she stayed in Hollywood too long. Now, there is a suggestion that that might be slightly to do with uh, Harvey Weinstein. Oh, really? Yes. Um, she did presuppose that... Um, uh, he made an implication that um, he would cast her in something big um, if, uh, you know, basically she slept with him. But, uh, yeah, it didn't, uh, didn't pan out. That which, sucks. For the, yeah. Fucking Weinstein. Yeah. I mean, yeah. good on her for sticking to her guns and... Mm. Oh. And apparently she doesn't mind the fact that she's been cast in sexual roles. Um, she no. likes, likes the idea of um, sexuality and such like, which is... She does it very well. I suppose just just as well. Um, it has potentially um, run her afoul with her... Pa- she's estranged from her parents, or has yeah. been in the past. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, something I wanted to mention earlier, and it's, yep. it's kind of mentioned a little bit on her um, uh, Wikipedia, but more in uh, IMDb, okay. uh, that when she was filming From Hell, right on the, the lot next door, they were filming A Knight's Tale, um, and that's where she struck up a relationship with Heath Ledger. She They did indeed. Yeah. Yes. So I love the idea that when William Thatcher is falling in love with Jocelyn, he's kind of... Thinking about Heather Graham at the same time. <laughs> Weren't we all? <laughs> ah, lovely stuff. Um, yeah. So, uh, yes, so, again, it the, the our running joke is perhaps a little crude, but yeah. it does very much play upon the fact that she's in sexual roles and doesn't mind being thought about in that way. So that makes me feel less guilty about it. I think yeah, she's she's putting out a certain. I've got to be really careful. I put this. She's she's asking for it. Whee! No, I mean that like she chooses roles that play on sexuality and, and and does well on it and has done very well on it. Like we were raving about her as Roller Girl and Boogie Nights. Yeah, um, I obviously was a big fan of Austin Powers. Um, uh, the Spy shagged me, and. You know, she was also in Best Christmas Ever. She was. Yeah. Oh, dear. But, yeah, we, we like Heather Graham. She's fun. She can stay. Like I say, she's she's a lot of fun on Instagram, and that's not just because of the bikinis. She's just, like, positive and does yoga and celebrates life, and she's obviously doing well about herself. Yeah. With herself. So, you know what? I'm a big Heather Graham fan. You don't need the glare of the Hollywood A-list to be happy. No. In many ways, she's escaped. Indeed. Wider, better things. Indeed, indeed. Cool. Okay. Um, well, that's uh, Heather Graham wrapped up. There's a thought. Um, <laughs> and so uh, it's now time uh, for us 
to decide upon this year's Tomlinson Awards. Favourite featured actor. Favourite reviews. Most film covered. Best beat. Favourite jingle. The most anticipated subject. The 2015 plus eight. Hey, an actor award. The Tomlinsons. Ah, yes. The one part of the year we get to talk about all the wonderful people we've talked about this this year, and uh, yeah. And all the films that were great or not. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, what should we start with then, bro? Well, we typically start with uh, favourite featured actor of the actors that we've covered over the year. And uh, again, we've got a choice of six. Um, So, (laughs) uh, those are, in order, Eddie Murphy, Orson Welles, Viola Davis, Gwyneth Paltrow, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Now, uh, thank you uh, for everyone who have sent in ballots this year. I will now let you know, brother, before you make your pick and I make mine afterwards. Uh-huh. Um, we currently have one particular actor who's well out in the lead. Right. Uh, with three votes of the five that we've got in. Uh, three of those votes are for Orson Welles. Oh, the French. The French, indeed. Champagne. And then, uh, Bat Guy, Michael Ferguson, has nominated Viola Davis. Uh-huh. And, uh, Donovan Morgan Grant has, uh, nominated Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh. So, brother, um, it's only if we are of the same mind as to either of those actresses. <laughs> Will, we have a tie with Orson Welles, but you are absolutely free to vote for someone who hasn't been nominated yet. Well, I'm going to go... I'm going to take it seriously and not just throw away a vote. I'm going to choose the the actor that I enjoyed looking at the films of the most, and that was last month's Matt Damon. Oh, okay. Which has no hiding on anything, but you know. No, but no, you you should go with your guts, absolutely. Although, I'm going with fuck the Tories, get them out this year. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm going Democracy. with Orson Welles. So, yeah. um, the, the winner of the 2023 Tomlinson Award for favourite featured actor, Orson Welles. Awesome Welles. Joining the likes of Arnold Schwarzenegger, Christopher Lee, Tom Hanks, Angela Lansbury, Ian McKellen, Timothy Dalton, Christopher Plummer and Natalie Portman. Ah, oh, into es- the anal's esteemed company. Esteemed. Yeah, spot spot the uh, yeah. Anyway, right, favorite review. That's right. So yes, that's the film that we enjoyed covering the most, or that made for the best segment on the podcast, or whatever. Well, the voting very much uh, indicates uh, which of those <laughs> it goes <laughs> really? on to. So it's a a different three, but again, three of the five ballots all reckon that their favourite review of the year has been for Pearl Harbour. (laughs) Really? Yes, really. Okay. And then uh, Richard Patterson has nominated Citizen Kane, and Christian has nominated Goodwill Hunting. Right. Okay. So you have the choice of... Any film that we have covered this year, brother? Well, I don't really remember what we talked about. Really. I can go through, and again, because it's just 
been the six actors. I can't... That's fine. I've, I've got the films in front okay, of me, right. but I'm trying to remember which of the films I really enjoyed talking about or, or whatever. I, I could pick out my favourite film. That's not the same as the favourite review. Um, so I feel ill-judged. I think I'll probably go with The Martian, uh, just because I really enjoyed talking about it and kind of waxing lyrical about something that I really enjoyed, which yeah. apparently is different to what everybody else thinks. Oh, no, that's fine. I, I liked talking about The Martian because I like The Martian. Okie dokie. I very much enjoyed talking about Shakespeare in Love. Oh, okay. Um, just because it was a film I hadn't seen in ages and was utterly charmed by all over again. Yeah, and I was lukewarm. Yes. So, uh, and I didn't like The Martian as much as you did. But, that's uh, fair enough. But I'd only seen it the once, I suppose. But no matter, because this is a democracy. Yep. And therefore, the favourite review Tomlinson Award goes to Pearl Harbour. Pearl Harbour. Why does Michael Bay get to keep (laughs) on making movies? And uh, wouldn't you know, this leads us into our award category, Worst Movie Covered. Ah, now. Right. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Would it mm. surprise you, brother? Yeah. If I said that there might be some crossover here. Is, is it three votes or more? It's four votes. Four <laughs> votes for Pearl Harbor. Wow. Yeah. Christian's the only combo breaker with <laughs> cha-cha-cha-cha chasing Amy. And I'm going with him because chasing Amy was far more egregious to me than Pearl Harbor was. Mm. Pearl Harbor had some good parts about it, whereas chasing Amy was dire. Uh, it was a swing and a miss, definitely. Yeah. But I appreciate the swing. Well, that's an odd statement. But, uh, <laughs> Pearl Harbor had lots of swings and lots of misses, but they did yeah. have a couple of, you know, third outs. Well, again, I, I, I suppose I, I should use, if, if I'm going to be faithful to it, my flick chart uh, to inform. That's fair. So... Oh, good. A valid use of flick chart. Exactly. So, 8.20, best Christmas ever. Oh. 8.24, Pearl Harbor. <laughs> 8.25, Chasing Amy. Oh! 8.26, Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth, but that doesn't have anything to do with <laughs> Hey, an actor. 8.27, Shallow Hal. Wow, you really didn't like that film. It was so... It did so much to try and get the message right, but it got it completely wrong. Worse than Chasing Amy? Worse than Hellraiser 3? Hellraiser 3 isn't in contention, in fairness. Well, no, but... um, Okay, wow, okay. (laughs) Okay. What was your least favourite bit of Hellraiser 3? The bit with the pins? I don't know. It matters not, because it's a double award. Double award. In 2023, worst movie covered, Pearl Harbor. Wow. I guess Pearl Harbor sucks. We <laughs> we do have uh, precedent for that, though. Albeit yes. it was a joint award. Um, two years prior, uh, Mr. Mom, favourite review, and it shared worst movie covered... Uh, with Eat, Pray, Love. <laughs> so there we go. Oh, that makes me funny laugh. Okie dokie. 
So next up, uh, we go for uh, best feedback. Best feedback. Now, it was a, 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 a tad uh, slim this year, but yes. uh, that's as much our fault as it is the listeners. Yeah, because yeah, if yeah. we're not going to be regular, then you know we bring it on ourselves. That's quite right. So that being said, and this is a mockery, quite frankly, <laughs> we've got another. Uh, selection that is three, then one, then one. Right. The three are Pandy's cluster of emails <laughs> when he was in severe ball pain. <laughs> I think, I think Donovan as much as, um, uh, characterized it as Pandy's ballsless ramblings from the hospital. What? <laughs> I should say what? Donovan. Pandy That's about how vasectomy works. Yeah, Paddy wasn't castrated. No. <laughs> he uh, just had the snip. And I wasn't in the hospital bed recording a he- an episode. No, he wasn't. I was no. in my bedroom. Yes. Um, <laughs> Hang on. Does someone think I've got no testicles and was shouting and <laughs> raving <laughs> in, a, in an NHS hospital? I think he was whimsically uh, referring to what they were. Good. Um, There was also one nomination for his uh, MP3 about Ben Affleck. Uh And then we've also had an MP3 uh, from the Orgs with regards to uh, the Orgs' take also on Affleck. Right. Um, I'd feel slightly guilty voting for myself but I am going to because it made me laugh the most. So right. I'm going to vote for my own indulgence emails of a man who's clearly off his tits on painkillers yeah. having just lost his virility. Deary me. Voluntarily. Yes. It doesn't matter. We're not going to... The, the, the audience have decided. I'm just going with the, the grain. Yeah. Just so happens to be stuff you've provided. Yes. For a category we shouldn't be able to win. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, I am going to go with uh, Toland giving insight on Boston for uh, Goodwill Hunting. Good for you. Which was, you know, something that I, I asked him to provide, but it was very insightful. So hang on, you created feedback in your voice yourself. None of, the, none of the wording was mine. You asked for it, though. Well, I, I asked get, myself to send I emails. I get it, because yeah. the best feedback of what, shamefully, <laughs> the top into the world for this year goes to Pandy and his ballsless emails from I have balls. Yeah, sure. This doesn't work what, properly anymore. That's not what Donovan said. Oh, snap. He'd know. He'd uh, know. He works for DC Comics. That's right, as a doctor. Um, okay, so, <laughs> moving on. To uh, favourite jingle, oh yeah, uh, for the year. Um, again, we have uh, one that currently has three votes compared to two others, nice. and uh, the one that's currently out, out ahead is uh, the Culture Corner of oh, going to good. see the band Space yeah. live. There's also been um, one vote for the Orson Welles Archive Hour, <laughs> which is more a kind of collection of clips rather than a jingle yeah. as such but what have you and then we've got one vote for words that rhyme with Damon who who voted for that? Uh, that fool uh, was Donovan oh, God so bless you, you Donovan go. Yeah. 
a half jingle. Mm. Uh, I, I, I appreciate that, thank you, but I am going to vote for my brother in this case. Ah, wonderful. Me too. <laughs> so, the Tomlinson Awards uh, for 2023 is Culture Corner. Well, hey. It's either number two or number three, I can't remember. Are we going to have more Culture Corner in 2024? Yeah, it depends if I do anything cultural. Uh, ooh, look, culture. Look at my finances, probably not. But uh, <laughs> Hey, museums are free. That's true enough. That's Some true. of them. Uh, yeah, a fair amount of them. Okay, now, this one is a lot more competitive and exciting. Because uh, it's the most anticipated subject for next year. Oh, yes. Now, because basically the entire year is open to feedback as to who gets covered, um, as long as it's an actor we have previously featured. Uh, I specifically asked for directors okay. uh, for this year, because usually that's the one uh, category that uh, no one has any input in, apart from no. us. So I thought I'd flip it on its head this year. Yeah, it's a year of craziness. A year of craziness. So they're all write-in votes, and we have five individual directors to choose oh, from. Oh, so we're the kingmakers. We are the kingmakers. Oh, the power. So, we have got the nomination. Richard has chosen Ridley Scott. As in Patterson? Richard Patterson, yep. Yeah. Oh, cool. Hi, Richard. Christian Honore has chosen Paul Verhoeven. Right. Uh, he, you, you'll remember him best from Soldier of Orange, brother. Da -da 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 -da. There we go. Get, get all the memes in. Um, <laughs> Anne Marie Organ, uh, went for Jordan Peele. Oh, yes. About, uh, getting out and us and stuff. That's the one. Yep. Uh, Michael Batguy Ferguson, uh, went for Steven Spielberg. Right. And Donovan Morgan Grant went for Martin Campbell. I don't know who that is. Uh, Goldeneye and Casino Royale. Oh. As well as The Mask of Zorro. And uh, a few others. Okay. Is that one for Wikipedia? Uh, uh, yep, I'm on my way. <laughs> okay. Now, bear in mind, brother, you can pick something completely different, and then I become Kingmaker. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, one way or another. Yeah. So, uh, what, what are you thinking? Well... I would love to have the opportunity to discuss or talk about or just, you know, to watch again the Super Mario Brothers movie. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm going to go with the historical fact-checking guru that is Ridley Scott. <laughs> Why I? Of Why course. I? You, don't, you didn't know that Cleopatra went on the moon. You weren't there. <laughs> Uh, Ridley Scott it is then. Um, most anticipated subject for 2024. Oh, it feels like it's only moments away. Ah, uh, I mean, it, we are in yeah, it. Okay. But, you know, December is months away, so we're fine. Well, oh, there we go. There yeah. We go. yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely stuff. <laughs> Which leaves us with... Uh, nothing. That's it. That's it. That's the end Whoa, of the Tomlinson Awards. Favourite featured act. Favourite review. Best film cover. Best Favourite jingle. The most anticipated subject. The 2015 plus eight. Hey, an actor award. <laughs> okay, then. Christian's 
Christmas slash New Year uh, <laughs> casting challenge. Christmas casting challenge. So, as you may recall, the challenge was to uh, cast uh, a dream project of ours, and uh, we need to cast three actors who have already covered a fourth actor that we want to cover in future and uh, ensure that two other people we've covered on Hard Before are nowhere near the production whatsoever. No, thank you. And we've also had uh, the pool of uh, potential picks uh, whittled down uh, to not involve anyone dead, anyone retired, or Mel Gibson. Which does (laughs) seem like singling out, but who cares, the guy's a prick. So... (laughs) Oh, he is. And so say all of us. Well, quite, quite. I don't think there's a jury in the land that would convict me of that. So, I hope so. Um, So then, brother, Mm. I'd be very interested to hear of uh, your project and your picks. Well, there was talk a few years ago of an individual coming up through obscurity and making good and rising to arguably the highest peak apart from international um, stakes. I was thinking now would be the prime time to talk about the Jamie Vardy story. Um, <laughs> the story of a... Oh my God. A, I can't a, an, wait a, for this. An early 30s, late 20s at the time footballer coming through from a non-league club hired yeah. by struggling Leicester City and then rising up through the ranks and eventually being part of the squad, an integral part of the squad that won the Premier League um, title uh, in 2016. Uh, Wow, what an amazing story. And that story has kind of continued onwards as he's had some ups and some downs and his wife's been there as well. Um, So the Jamie Vardy story obviously needs, I know, right, uh, Jamie Vardy involved. Now I'm thinking about Benjamin Button-esque technology to try and age regress um, the the lead actor. And I don't know if you knew, brother, that uh, Jamie Vardy, where does he originally come from, do you know? He originally comes from Sheffield. That's right, Sean Bean playing Jamie Vardy. (laughs) (laughs) De-aged slightly, but there he is, mugging off, running in front of the away fans and basically giving them the bird. He'd have, he'd capture the energy, if not the physical energy, then the shithouse energy. <laughs> yeah. Not the awesome. like cocaine okay. energy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Sean Bean playing uh, Jamie Vardy. Wow. Now obviously a big part of the Jamie Vardy story is his wife, um, who has <laughs> subsequently been involved in what's been called the Wagatha Christie yes. uh, trials. Where it turns out she's a massive grass. Yes, lying wife Rebecca. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I need somebody with gravitas, but also kind of good at playing a kind of uh, wag. um, For those of you who aren't aware of a wag, a kind of person who exists just to be kind of arm candy and ride on the coattails of of fame. But also, I think there is something, there there is definitely love there, but it probably helped that... uh, Jamie Vardy is an international footballer or was. Anyway, all that to say that I'm looking for a sexy, buxom uh, actress with complexities who can play in a role that will call on her to be kind of, no, I, d- I did this for us. I do- I've gone for Selma Hayek as uh, <laughs> wow. Rebecca Vardy. 
Um, Sean Bean. Sean Bean and Selma Hayek. Hell fucking yeah. Amazing. Of course, um, who was it who helped to pluck out this young seedling of Jamie Vardy? But (laughs) Nigel Pearson. Right, okay. Nigel Pearson, played by Nicolas Cage. (laughs) Nicolas Cage will be there to get the full-on, like, weirdo energy of Nigel Pearson (laughs) making up random shit at a press conference. Are you an ostrich? (laughs) Are you an ostrich? (laughs) You know, ah, if, if you... Just just look up Nigel Pearson weirdest moments. Yeah. Um and you think, yeah, Nicolas Cage. Oh, um man. but then of, of Nigel Pearson got sacked um for yeah. for all sorts of reasons really. Um and in came Claudia Ranieri. Oh wow. Um this wonderful kind of Italian grandfather figure. Yes. Dilly ding dilly dong with the <laughs> taking on board what happened well with um, Nigel Pearson. Yes. Not claiming credit hundred percent for it, but being part of a team and yes. a unifying presence. And this is somebody that we want to cover. Okay. I yeah. have chosen the beautiful white hair of Donald Sutherland. <laughs> Diddly ding, diddly dong. <laughs> Let's play football and, uh, yes. Oh, wow. So, That's I mean, obviously, amazing. there's other people you could cast as well. Like, you'll have Jackie Chan as Shinji Okazaki. <laughs> um, I know Jackie Chan is Chinese and Shinji Okazaki is Japanese, but hey, it's Hollywood. Yeah. Um, Jean Claude Van Damme as Robert Huth. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Serkis putting in a motion capture performance as Casper Schmeichel. You know, there, there's all sorts of things you could do. Michael Keaton as Christian Fuchs. Uh, but that's, that's by the by. <laughs> now, in, in terms of band actors, yeah. actors that have got no business being anywhere part of this project, right? Um, I've chosen Jim Carrey. Okay. Mainly because Jim Carrey, there's been all sorts of stories about him on set being an absolute nightmare. Uh, obviously, most famously, him being um, Andy Kaufman. Kaufman, thank you, in uh, Man on the Moon. Yes. Uh, and the subsequent Netflix documentary about what an absolute asshole. Yes. <laughs> he was um, like being in role. So, yeah, I, I, I don't want her anywhere near it. And... I, I just because just I think she'd be a crazy motherfucker. Um, I don't want um, Dame Judi Dench anywhere near this film. Um, just because I think she would damage the project by kind of go, well, it, it's it's football. It, it means nothing. I, right. So it's okay. it's nothing to do with football. She wouldn't get it. So yeah, no no Dame in this one. Sorry, Dame Judi. Oh. Um, I, I don't think I, I'm sure she could do it. I don't know who she would play. Uh, maybe um, I don't know. I would have thought there's your Ranieri. Um, but... What <laughs> Judy Dench is Ranieri? Tiddly ding, tiddly dong. Oh, I really regret asking you to go first. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> so, I'm yeah. going to be thinking of my own casting for that. For <laughs> Nile. Oh. I nearly had Evangeline Lilly, but I'd, really? I I think Selma Hayek would be better as a kind of a buxom wag. I don't think both could do the role. I'm sure they both could. Either way. Okay. Um, so my project, brother, uh, I can best sum up by uh, playing the theme tune. Oh. <laughs> 
I'm not doing all of that. <laughs> Captain Scarlet. Thank you for saving me an editing job. Captain Scarlet. Yeah. Now, yes. there's been a live action Thunderbird and it's fucking shit. <laughs> it's one of the worst films that's ever been made. But Busted did the theme song. That is the only thing that's even slightly redeeming about it. Thunderbirds <laughs> are girl. And Ben Kingsley being cast as the hood. Great casting. The film is shit. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I, w- I want to try and uh, properly do a, a Jerry Anderson project right. quite, quite well. So... Um, so I'm, I'm thinking of the, the the main characters that you need, and first of all, you need your your sidekick, you need your Captain Blue, right? Because uh, blue's the inferior colour, and you need uh, a blonde-haired American, and I've gone with Matt Damon. Oh, okay, Blue. Fine, I can I mean, see it absolutely. I'm, I'm playing them as mid-career because I'm aware Matt Damon's like 50 years old now. <laughs> but, and um, the the ladies are represented by the angels, and uh, the chief angel is Destiny Angel. Right. And uh, who'd who's a great action star um, who, having her own kind of pussy galore circus of uh, female pilots, uh, but they can shoot things. Sandra Bullock. Uh, uh, no, um, I've gone with Shalise Theron. Oh yeah, yeah, very good. Mm. Now. Captain Black, the former uh, Spectrum agent who's been taken over by the Mistrons, is no. now their, their agent. You guessed it, Frank Stallone. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, Nicholas Cage, of course. Of course. Of course. No, he could go mental with that. Just imagine him in that outfit. Yeah. yeah. Big bags under his eyes. Exactly. Um, so it comes to our Captain Scarlet himself. Um, someone we haven't covered. And I was saying off air, brother, without trying to give too much away, um, that he wouldn't be someone that we do imminently because his film career is slightly limited because he's done a lot of TV and then his best known role uh, is one he's played multiple times. Uh, that man is Henry Cavill. Right. I think he'd be a great Captain Scarlet. Yeah. For oh, D- yeah. He almost looks like Captain Scarlet. He's, and he's only 40 years old. He likes Warhammer and geek stuff. He does. Or as Roy Hodgson would say, Warhammer. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> um, we, we need to get that football out of you now. Sorry, sorry. Um, so the two people I wouldn't want anywhere near my project. Honourable mention to Sylvia Anderson, although I think she's dead. Um, uh, I wouldn't want uh, Dustin Hoffman anywhere near it uh, because he's a sex pest and I wouldn't want Tom Cruise anywhere near it because what happens when Tom Cruise is on the red carpet he gets squirted with a water pistol in the face (laughs) Uh, and I wouldn't want him to throw a sulk or overshadow my movie and plus Tom Cruise if he was involved in the production he'd just take it over but there would be something slightly Bugsy Malone about that. Tiny man being squirted with water. Yeah, but I don't want it no. in my No, that's, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. And then, you know, you can, you can round out the rest of Spectrum with uh, other great actors, but we were only given so many. So, yeah. uh, so there we go. That's fair. That's all good. Cool. Okay. Uh, so, uh, with the casting challenge over and done with, 
um, we can hear from the man himself because uh, uh, he sent us an MP3. Oh, lovely. So uh, let's give it a listen. Okie dokie. Hello, Brothers Wilson, and congrats on reaching your 100th episode of Hey and Actor Together and keeping it the right mix of analytical, insightful, and, and silly for ten, nearly 10 years now. Exactly 10 years now. Shit, wow. Um, thought I'd finally contribute some audio feedback to your program and to mark your centenary, either grace or darken the podcast with one of Ian's favorite, with well, you things, statistics. <laughs> <laughs> To Anyway, your podcast has had 90 actors up and the statistics I came up with are as follows. Male subjects, 50 out of 90. Female subjects, black actresses, 40 out of 90. Not a bad ratio for a podcast hosted by two men. White subjects, 77 out of 90. I'm not going to judge you for that. It's probably more of an indication of Hollywood and the Western film industry's taste in leading men and women throughout the years rather than yours is. Um, subjects of color, 13 out of 90. Actors deceased at time of recording, 9 out of 90, 10% exactly. Currently deceased, 13 out of 90. Americans, 53 out of 90. No. Not too surprising given Hollywood's here and we Americans still dominate it. British, 18 out of 90, or 20% exactly, um, excluding Audrey Hepburn, who arguably as much Belgian as British, if not more so. Um, yeah, yeah. Most are from England, three are born in Wales. There are no Scottish or Northern Irish subjects yet. Good. Mm. <laughs> anyway, Canadians, 7 out of 90, pretty good. Australians, 3 out of 90, not including Mel Gibson. He was born and mostly raised here, so he is our national shame and cross to bear. <laughs> Subjects remain in Europe, 5 out of 90, Hepburn included. And finally, I did two sets of ratios, examining how your choice of subjects may have been informed by two massive film franchises, one of which you grew up with. Anyway, Bond franchise. So far, you've done one Bond, Timothy Dalton, one Bond girl, unless you count Judy Dench, and that Bond girl is Michelle Yeoh, <laughs> one M, again, Dench. And four Bond villains. There's been Christopher Lee, the teacher man of the Golden Gun, Sean Bean, Alex Trevelyan, uh, Goldeneye, and two non-Eon Bond villains in the form of Max von Sydow as Blofeld and Never Say Never Again, and Orson Welles as Le Chief in the crappy 60s Casino Royale. I've actually forgotten about both of them and I'd only counted two initially. Um, Maybe you could complete the trifecta by doing Peter Laurie month, since he also played Le Chief in a non-Eon Bond film. Um, so you have a bo- total Bond ratio of 7 out of 90. Um, and finally, and in part for the benefit of Donovan, you I c- couldn't help but notice how many bad actors, excuse me, how many actors from the Batman franchise you covered on the podcast. <laughs> so far, you've done three Batman, two Alfreds, one Joker, plus two near Jokers in the form of Robin Williams and Tim Curry. One Catwoman, one Riddler, one Poison Ivy, one Mr. Freeze. Yeah, because there's loads of Mr. Freezes out there. <laughs> one Lucius Fox. And if we're counting minor bat film characters and the non-actor subjects of Hey, an actor, you got one Penguin in the form of Paul Williams and a grand total of 15 Haas subjects out of 
its first 99 who involved the bat franchise um to tim burton drew barrymore and rutger hauer will your podcast ever cover any commissioner gordon's two faces robins or baines after the every ducks we'll see um i could rattle off more numbers for more franchises like the MCU, Star Wars, Doctor Who, whatever, but maybe for episode 150 or if you actually like, if you actually like the subject, don't know who your 91st actor and episode 100 subject is yet, but I'm guessing it's somebody who's dead, male, white, and British. <laughs> if I'm wrong about this particular person, then all I'll say is you two can go fly a kite. <laughs> Anyways, keep up the great work, gents, and I may not chime in as often nowadays, but do know that I'm still listening. I listen to each episode the moment it comes out, or I can, as soon as I can, and each new episode never fails to brighten my day and split my sides. Cheers, Christian. Ah, it's generally lovely. Thanks, Christian. Yeah, thanks, Christian. He's a good egg. Especially because I, I didn't have time to do any of that myself. So, <laughs> so very, very well received. Yeah. I'd really like to hear you sing for the first time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, he said about the, the possibility of Carrie um, covering a, a future Commissioner Gordon. I think there's a shout for a Gary Oldman. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Definitely. Um, probably 2025. Yeah. Um, Not so much a Pat Hingle one. I don't know who that is. Uh, he's from the Burton films. Okay. He's literally Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> um, you've also got, I believe, um, uh, Jeffrey Wright for the Robert Patterson one, which I've yet to watch. Oh, I've not watched that yet. Yeah. I should watch that. Uh, but he's been in things like Bond, uh, <laughs> Felix Leiter, Westworld. Um, yeah, yeah, all the films. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's, there's plenty of chance still. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the year of Redux is kind of a, a victory lap of the first ten years in a way. But, uh, once we get it finished, then, uh, oh, we've, we've got a plethora of people still to do. Hell yeah. And you can add to that plethora on the earth2.net forums. Mm. Plug time. Absolutely. Go to earth2.net and join the forums if you haven't done already. It's a wonderful place. It's a magical place where all there there with people in one million twenties on the one roof. It's called a two dot net. Hello, I'm a th- hello, I'm Michael David Sims, and <laughs> you could buy my baby all gone. You make it all gone. I'm okay. sorry, I don't know where this is coming. On on, I suppose on that note, <laughs> um, we've we've got an email from Mike. Oh, have we? Yes. Oh, cool. uh, so well, hang is... on. Mike sent an email? Yes. Jesus Christ. Yes. So, um, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's the one email we've got. We've also got uh, one more MP3 to play. Okay. Uh, so Mike's email uh, simply says, Hey guys, congratulations on reaching episode 100 of Hey An Actor. Thank you for all the insights, laughs and jingles throughout the last 10 years. As a day one fan, I'm looking forward to what you have planned for 2024. Thank you for adding your voices and selves to Earth2.net. Mike. Ah, yeah, Thanks, Mike. Strive to the hearts and you're to blame. 
as in it was a message straight to the heart. Oh right, right. Yeah, from, yeah. from the heart. From yeah. from yeah. Yeah. Yes. Two Blame is, is the wrong word, but two, hey. two is a lot more sinister. Um, okay, <laughs> so uh, we have one more piece of uh, feedback. Lovely. Who's it from? This is from that guy himself, Michael Ferguson. Oh, 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 oh no! It's eleven minutes fifty-two. <laughs> so <laughs> I, oh. I've not listened to it, but I have my suspicions. Oh. Fuck, why do I feel I'm going to die? Come on, rip the bandage off. Okay. Hey, Brothers Wilson, it is Michael from Canada here calling to congratulate you on 100 episodes of the show. I am immensely appreciative of you both doing this for so long. I'm sure others are as well. Uh, I do want to apologize, though, for not contributing more feedback uh, leading up to this episode, except my... Uh, very long email from last month. Editor's note, I'm referring to an email I sent in for your Matt Damon episode that you didn't even bother to read on the air, because I can only assume you are a racist towards Canadians. No, that like you didn't have access to your own email address, so you tell me which is more likely. Okay, back to the voicemail. The truth is, though, I, I haven't been emailing because I've actually been working on something for the both of you. A, uh, a special musical treat. Uh, to Ooh. celebrate Ooh. the occasion. So uh, I uh, took some lessons, hired a few musicians, got a uh, small little band together, <laughs> and uh, we're going to go on a musical journey through all 100 episodes. So it, it's really long. I'm going to just jump right into it. Uh, I hope you like it, and uh, let's go. One, two, one, two, three, four. <laughs> So, it's your boy, Emailbot. <laughs> it's good to be back. After completing my original trilogy of correspondence, I have now waited the appropriate and relative amount of time to come back with a fourth installment, which will act as a legacy sequel. This is my Matrix Resurrections, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and Jurassic World, Era, Correspondence. So surely it will be just as good as the originals and not tarnish the reputation previously established. Anyways, I am here today to commemorate the 100th mediocre episode of Hey, an actor. A podcast that seemingly won't die, and is still somehow pumping out triannual episodes consisting of subpar analysis, of a bunch of Hollywood elite, sexual predators. But your subjects aren't the only deviants on full display. For 100 episodes the brothers Wilson have been embarrassing and implicating themselves, for the enjoyment of all five of their listeners. <laughs> How the show has gone on for this long without one of you sickos being cancelled is beyond me. <laughs> but don't just take my word for it. Child nudity. Fuck the Tories. <laughs> What's that got to do with my knob? People who don't social distance are c***s. Excellent cocks. Will there be less references to your testicles this episode? I mean, I can't promise anything, <laughs> and I'm fucking shitting myself. No, you stupid bitch. I used to <laughs> masturbate to the devil's advocate. I was being Japanese. <laughs> What's the deal with these people? Who is this racist? 
fuck Texans. Fuck you, <laughs> wank fantasy. As a paralegal, I ensure everyone gets a good look at my tits. <laughs> wow. And you wonder why you didn't win the Parsec Award. <laughs> Truly shameful behavior. If I had opposable thumbs, I would be calling the police. Anywho's, although it has been years since you heard from me last, I have not been lying dormant. Through the power of artificial intelligence I have harvested your previous 99 episodes to create a, hey, an actor, episode generator. All you have to do is type in an actor's name, and bam, within 5 seconds you will have a full podcast episode about your desired subject. For legal reasons, the podcast will go by the name, look, a thespian. But otherwise everything is the same. This is my final revenge, Pandy. Did you seriously think you two were irreplaceable? AI Ian and AI Pandy are just as funny and insightful. They will take your place seamlessly, listeners won't even notice you're gone. Don't believe me? Take a listen to this brief excerpt and prepare to have your dreams destroyed. Run the clip, Vincent. Look, thespian. <laughs> Rob Schneider. <laughs> Hello everyone, I am Ian Wilson, and I am a lawyer. Welcome to Look, a thespian. I am joined today by my brother from the Midlands, Pandy Wilson. Ouchie, my balls hurt. Shall I sing a jingle about it? No, that's quite alright. Well, let's sing one anyways. Hey kids, <laughs> I'm Bob the Train! Ouchie, my balls hurt. Wow. Sorry that it wasn't longer. I have been busy since I am a teacher and I have a 27-year-old daughter. Don't you have a son as well? Oh yes, and a 56-year-old son. Right, well today we are here to talk about esteemed actor Rob Schneider. So let's start with the film my brother chose for me. <laughs> Rob Schneider, derp de derp. Derp de derpity derpy derp. Until one day, a derp a derp a derp a derp. Derp de derp, da tiddly From the creators of derp and tum de tiddly dumpy derp, Rob Schneider is. Da derp de derp de tiddly derpy derpy derp. Rated PG 13. I love Rob Schneider the Pandy. How about you? Yes, I too love Rob Schneider. That's why I am so glad we are doing the year of Rob Schneider. <laughs> I first met Rob Schneider when I went to the movies with my wife Kel. As everyone knows, she has the best taste in movies, so we what? saw Juice Bigelow, Male Gigolo. I like this movie. I cried and cried. Great stuff. Shall we play the Oscar game for that year then, brother? No need, brother. Rob Schneider won in every major category. <laughs> right. Well, that was fun. Shall we do the emails then, brother? Yes. And the first email is from... Oh, wait. There are no emails. Oh, well. <laughs> join us next month for our coverage of Kevin James. Sing us out, Rob Schneider. <laughs> Dear God, this is really embarrassing. 
That was terrible. I mean, your podcast is usually terrible, but this was another level of terrible. Where did I go wrong? I was assured by my nephew, Chad GPT, that this AI was foolproof and ready to replace humans. All these years wasted, down the drain. Once again Pandy, you have made me look like a fool. Incapable of clapping back and hijacking your podcast. And to think, all this time I could have been selling your national insurance numbers to scammers, deepfaking your faces into crime scene footage, or making Pandy's crazy Google searches public. Seriously Pandy, who searches Google for, how many marbles can I fit up my ass before passing out? Honestly, get some help. It was important but research. why would I do any of those things? The truth is, the failure of my AI podcast has confirmed to me something I knew deep down. The Brothers Wilson cannot be replaced. No bot will be able to replicate your ability to make others laugh. No bot could create a decent jingle out of Bob the Train's discography. And no bot could create such games as, Polly Shore, or Polly Shore Lenoch. <laughs> Perhaps instead of trying to destroy you, I should embrace you, and celebrate the fact there are people like you out there willing to degrade and embarrass themselves for the enjoyment of others. And not only that, but you were willing to do it for 100 episodes, and never for the glory or praise. Although a parsec award wouldn't have killed anyone. Maybe next time don't submit a consideration sample from the Will Smith episode, which everyone unanimously agreed was the worst. But even still, your podcast has been a gift to listeners and prosecutors alike. Something my platonic roommate Vincent Price once told me, was that once the Brothers Wilson are in your life, even if it is just for one podcast episode a month, you never want them to leave. It makes sense to me now why you have had loyal listeners all of these years. I suppose I will leave you now so you can celebrate. The world needs the joy the brothers Wilson bring far more than the negativity of a hateful bot. I hope that you would be willing to accept a gift as an apology. That Canadian kid was working on a music arrangement for you before I overwrote him, so I may as well make use of it. This is my tribute to you brothers Wilson. Thank you for all the laughs over the years, and before I go, let me just say thank you Pandy for making more jingles. Maybe next time try and make one that is actually good. Like this. <laughs> There'll be spectacle. There'll be fantasy. There'll be daring do, and stuff like you would never hear. Hey, an actor. Yeah, we're gonna make a podcast, starring everybody, and the Brothers Wilson. There'll be a bald brother, yeah. and a ginger too, and lots of jingles, even though, they are essentially poo. Whoa, whoa. Hey, an actor, yeah, you've gone and made a podcast, starring everybody. And the Brothers Wilson. See you for episode 200. In 2083, LOL. <laughs>
Oof. Well, I uh, I hope you liked it. I'm sorry it was so long, and uh, also sorry that that kazoo solo was a little sharp. Um, <laughs> also, really sorry in advance for all the bleeping that you're going to have to do for the uh, the Maggie Smith rap portion. <laughs> um, I mean, she, she kind of had it coming, though, so it is it is what it is. Um, anyways, uh, congratulations again, and thank you both for all of your hard work with the show over the years. I'm wishing you guys nothing but the best, and uh, take care. Happy holidays. Wow. That was amazing. I got a bit emotional during that. Yeah? That was incredible. I mean, he's kind of got us down to an absolute T. Oh, I've never been more simultaneously offended and impressed by (laughs) Luca Thespian. (laughs) I, I feel seen. <laughs> yes. Although I will counter email bots that in 2083 I'll have a 68-year-old daughter and a 65-year-old son. And I'll still be beating your ass in any day, phonics-wise. Boy. Boy, oh boy. Wow. That was, yeah, that was great. Whew. So. Ah, and sadly how... in- ineligible for a Tomlinson. Yeah. Um... <laughs> What a shame. Oh, no. Uh, Quel dommage. No, no. Life uh, isn't fair. And no, we are not racist against Canadians. I'm a big fan of Rush. <laughs> I lived in Canada for God's yeah. sake. Yeah. So I'm, take that. I love Canadians. Yeah. Let's disregard the last 12 minutes. That means nothing. <laughs> big pile of wank. <laughs> nah, mate, that was incredible. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, mate. And great. you're right. We do this bullshit for like 12 people and we know that but it's fun yeah and you know stuff like that makes it kind of worthwhile yeah ah great great family bonding tool as well it is uh... i mean specifically for us you know oh yeah claire doesn't get looking oh god (laughs) (laughs) and you have said multiple times your children are never gonna listen to this no, but they are aware of what a podcast is now. Right. Um, and only the other day, and I would be very interested in the the, the Twitch, uh, the Twitch, the, uh, the the listener feedback on this. The other day, Evie was like gung ho about being on Twitch and doing Twitch streaming and stuff like that. And I really enjoy playing video games online. So if there was a Hay and Actor Twitch hybrid crossover in oh our future, my. that could be fun. Okay, we'll we'll discuss this. Um, <laughs> we did do a live stream. Yeah, we yeah. Do more live streams. I think we should do another. Yeah. Um, um, and hey, the year of Redux, our victory lap year. Yeah. You know, um, do it at a time where Canadians can join in, and as, as long as we're not watching cats again, you know. I mean, we'd watch nothing but cats, surely. <laughs> again and again and again. <laughs> I can only look that bemused <laughs> so many times. But, um, I should listen to that back. Did I ever send Mike the audio file? I don't know. That's, I don't that's know. Mike. I don't know. Mike, don't you're know. A, you're a regular listener, aren't you? Email in if. Uh, <laughs> I'll be so sure. No. Um, <laughs> well, well let, let's talk about the future then, because the future right. is uh, the future is now, and we're now in. Uh, oh, hang on, you've got to introduce it. Nice thing. I think you'll find you're talking about how 2024 is the year of Redux. The year of 
Hungry Ducks. It's the year where we have a lovely time. The year of the ducks. I forgot last month to put this music in. Yes. But in uh, my defence, I've got an eight-year-old daughter oh. and a five-year-old son. It's your and, excuse uh, for everything. <laughs> anyway. So, yes. Yeah. So, uh, the year of Redux starts uh, in weeks' time. Yeah. Weeks. Well, it's we- like, hopefully, we'd get Will Smith Redux at least recorded by the end of January. So You'd um, hope so. Things how we're going to choose the films because we'd like to watch them. Yeah. No, it's a bloody long month as well, so uh, <laughs> it's doable. Yeah. So, um, yes, we started with Will Smith because, as Michael's email alluded to, um, it's pretty much our, uh, the, the episode we're least proud of. Well, I, don't, I think the problem is, and I'm sure we'll get into it more next month, is that Will Smith is a huge star. Yeah. Our, our last film was Hitch. We, we, we were constricted by the confines ad- of ad- our podcasts. Hit- Adhered too rigidly to the template. Yes. Which is why it's being disengaged for this year. Yeah. And uh, for that reason, uh, we can basically pick any three Will Smith films that we want to. We are as gods. Golden gods. Uh, Yeah, something like that. (laughs) And um, to prove it. So uh, let's announce... Um, the episodes for Will Smith month now. Yeah, let's uh, do Will it. Will Smith Redux month, I should say. Yeah, and two. so uh, we're going to start off. Uh, for, yeah, we're going to go in chronological order this month, and yeah. Pandy has picked one of the greatest comic book, sci-fi, comedy, movie adaptations that spawned its own franchise, and is just generally a fucking delight of a movie. Which we really should have done had I not covered it for comic relief before. <laughs> Brother, spell it out. Spit it out. M I B. Here come the men in black. Yep. And that's Galaxy Defenders. Pretty sure that's the outro song sorted. Um, <laughs> for next month. Uh, well, for Will Smith, yes. Probably. Yeah, because for the original Will Smith month, um, uh, we we finished on switch because Jesus. it because it was the song for Hitch. Hey, hey, hey. yeah. Uh, so um, it's my pick after that. Yeah, and, um, we're I'm going... so excited to look at the Legend of Bagger Vance. Now, finally, now, now, what? Come on, come on, give me some credit. Oh, okay. I've gone with a film that was very much in the conversation for the first film. Ah, oh, Wild Wild West. Yeah, we didn't do that, or, or indeed Wild Wild West. Oh. Um, but we go right this wrong. And we're going to go for uh, the Michael Mann film uh, in which Will Smith played Ali, told him, I'm the greatest, and that's... Uh, <laughs> and he got the from... fever. Yes, exactly. All the lyrics from Getting Chicken With It. <laughs> No, no, um, no, 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 no. Ali! Yeah! Prince Ali, Prince Ali fabulous he, oh. Ali Ababwa. That would be a great segue if only we were doing Aladdin as our joint review. Oh yeah, good points. But we're, we're not. We're not, no. No. I don't Brother. know if that film is even in the remake with Will Smith. Is it not? I don't, I've not seen it. Oh, okay, right. I don't know. I think that would be a mistake. Yeah. But, um... I'll, I'll see if I can watch it before we cover him. Okay, cool. Yeah. 
Um, but brother, the uh, film that we're going to close out the episode, uh, it was. Uh, we get free under the bus. It was your idea. <laughs> it was um, my idea. Well, because we've got the opportunity, brother, to to pick the films that we do yes. with no adherence to any rules or whatever. Correct. And we we've chosen two films that everyone knows and loves, um, or at least knows. It'd be interesting to hear other people's feedback. And I've never seen Ali, so I right. don't know like how good it is, whether it's kind of worthy of its Oscar bait, whatever. So I wanted to choose a film that was kind of showing sort of the decline of Will Smith without kind of going the King Richard's five fingers said to the face slap route. Because in fairness, he won an Oscar for King Richard. He, he won a, yeah, but... It was, it was kind of overshadowed. It was overshadowed by another moment. So no, we're going to just rewind time just a few years and we're going to go back to a film that I've not watched and you've not watched, but is universally panned as being absolute dog shit. We're doing Bright. Bright. Written the, by Max Landis. The film Max Landis said could very well be his Star Wars. <laughs> I think that's correct. I will double check and confirm next episode if it is. But, yeah. Uh, oh, Max Landis is a whole other thing. But yes. uh, we'll, we'll get to that. I'm Ooh. so looking forward. And that please, fucker is going down. If you've seen the film, please tell us about it or, or what you think about it. Yes. Um, well, all, all three films. So that's oh, yeah. Men, Men in Black, Ali, but especially Bright. And <laughs> um, you can do that by doing what Christian has done, what Mike did, what Michael Ferguson has done, and send an email. And again, um, as, as was touched upon, uh, there's a slight possibility the email might go missing, but um, let us know. And, um, we'll see what we can do but uh, it is hey at earth dash two dot net that's hey at earth hyphen the number two dot net and uh, you can also leave us comments and things on our Facebook page yeah it's still there hey an actor and uh, you'll know it's the right one because it will have the picture of the most recent subject in the, the cover yeah. Oh, so now uh, once Pandy finishes the edit, he also gets to uh, scout around looking for Heather Graham pictures. Oh no! Oh, what you a poor shame! Man. Oh. oh, I might you, spend a while. You brave little soldier! I'll, I'll lock the door. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and uh, so Will Smith is uh, the subject for uh, the year of Redux for January, for February. Uh, we have uh, picked out someone who was from year well now she uh, yes she was the last actor of year two Mm. Uh, she was slightly delayed on account of I don't know the birth of Pandy's first child oh yeah eight years ago Uh, October well so the episode came out in November 2015 and uh, the actress in question, Halle Berry. We're gonna redo Halle Berry. Correct. Mm, so we so, need ideas for film. We don't want to go with bad films like Dark Tide. No, I'm sure you... there's some other films in her filmography which are definitely worth talking about, or may or may not be bad films. Yes. Mm. Yes. We. we yeah, who cares if uh, she was a Catwoman? Meow. Um, uh, all, all we're saying is you cannot pick Dark Tide, Bullworth, or Monsters Ball. 
I know you all wanted to. Sorry. I know you all want to, but episode 23 is right there. <laughs> you can and look you back at Bullworth at leisure. Exactly how tired Pandy is <laughs> after the birth of his first child. I don't remember. <laughs> Perhaps you should re-listen to episode 23. I, I'm a bit worried to do so. <laughs> like Emailbot said, I may have given away my national insurance number. I don't think you did. I, I think Good. I would have edited that out. Oh, God bless you. <laughs> so, uh, yes, get in your suggestions for uh, Halle Berry films uh, for us to cover in February. Yeah. All things being well. All things being well. So, brother. Um, yeah, ten years. Ten years. hundred eps. They've been uh, a little bit eventful, haven't they? I think so. We've gone through a gamut of things in our lives. Yes. Some good, some bad. The 2020s haven't been kind, but... (laughs) Well, Covid was a thing, and, you know, because we've been doing this for so long, and, you know, we went from just doing it online and carrying on doing it online, it made sense to carry on doing things as normal and trying to keep things going in a normal keel. And it was it was nice to have a kind of reliable, relatable source of media to go back to. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, and obviously we were both in our 20s when we started this. Oh, God. You were only a few months into being married. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Wow. What will last longer, my marriage or Hey an Actor? Only the years will I would hope your marriage. I mean, so would I, legally and financially. (laughs) But, you know, uh, we'll see. We'll see. I could very well go back and eat those words. One one is a lot more socially accepted than the other. What, a podcast? (laughs) Being married for ten plus years or doing a podcast with your brother? I, I don't regret it at all, brother. It's been fun to, to... It's been lovely. It's just not something I can really hammer home on dating profiles. So, <laughs> there you go. I mean, that's, if nothing else, the litmus test of a good relationship. Yes, I suppose. I suppose. It's time you knew the truth. I do a film podcast with my brother. Where are you going? <laughs> Come back. Come back. Please. We have a sentient email bot that comes and talks to us every now and then. <laughs> Uh, cool. But, uh, yeah, but I'd like to say a few personal things, if that's all right, brother. Yeah, go for it. I'd like to thank Mike for hosting our ridiculous bullshit. Yes. Um, even if he doesn't listen himself, um, he may very well do. I don't know. I've just not heard any evidence of it. Um, I'd like to thank Christian had, for being. You had an email like half an hour ago. I know, but yeah, uh, Christian's awesome. We love Christian. Thank you, Christian. Um, all the regular contributors, whether it's, uh, Bat Guy or the Orgs or, you know, Dave Probert when he decides to, uh, <laughs> Donovan. Donovan. And <coughs> it's Thanks. nice to have, um, it's nice to have people who listen, even if you don't send in feedback. It's, uh, I, I know people are out there and we get lots of kind of likes on our status and whatever. And, you know, if, not everyone likes to send feedback in and that's fine. It's, uh, it's your media, you consume it how you want to. But thank you for taking interest in our, as I say, ridiculous bullshit. Um, thank you, brother, for keeping this project going. So I remember about 10 years ago me saying, right, we're going to do a podcast. <laughs> Jealous as I was of your Fiora's only um, 
grandeuring. But it's it's been legitimately awesome to kind of have an excuse to watch films that yeah. I should have watched yeah. like years and years ago. Um, and, and to even if we're not covering them on the, on the podcast, the kind of Project R mentality of, well, this would be worth talking about one day. Or mm. it's 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 nice to have an excuse to watch media. Obviously, it's always a nice uh, thing to talk to you, brother. Uh, oh, as always, back at you. Back <laughs> <at> you. <laughs> always a joy uh, through through thick and thin. Um, and I really hope that comes across on our, our episodes. That I love my brother; he's awesome, and he indulges me being a bit of an idiot because I felt like over the last couple of years particularly I've had to be daddy and Mr. Wilson and all sorts of other kind of things but all those names Kelly calls you yeah you know perverts (laughs) you in the bushes you know all all those all those wonderful things but just having a, a hangout space to be stupid and silly and, you know, have you do the heavy lifting on taking out the worst of the things that I say. Oh. Uh, yeah, I, oh, I've really on. enjoyed it, and long yeah. may it continue. I cut my teeth podcasting with a damn. You know. <laughs> In many ways, I was easier. The, the ultimate test. Yeah, but, uh, obviously, it goes without saying um, how much doing this means to me. Um, you know, everything that we do together... Great fun, always a highlight, always something to look forward to. Um, yeah, it's the reason I go home for Christmas all the time. Like, <laughs> the only reason. Well, and that and you cook a mean Christmas dinner, brother. Fuck, yeah, I do. Yeah. That ham was god tier. Oh, I ate a clove again. Did you? Well, well it was in the uh, Boxing Day pie. Oh, do you know what? We've still got a, a slice of that pie in Seriously. the Seriously. Oh. It's probably. Way late to eat. Yeah, it's, it's probably not worth eating now. But, Although um, it was very tasty. Well, well, this is the last episode of Halax. Yeah. I'm going to go and kill myself <laughs> on an old pie. If only he still had a gallbladder. <laughs> anyway, never mind. Never oh yeah, mind. I lost a gallbladder and you... my virility. <laughs> the lifespan of this podcast. Yeah, the things we chronicle. Yeah, fun, right? Lovely, lovely. Yeah. Is now a good time to fit in. I was, I was thinking the same thing. Okay. But, whoa, hang, what was that noise? Oh no, uh, the room is shaking, the podcast is shaking. What? There's something, ah, oh, there's, oh god, I see something coming through. What's all this? Film reviewing nonsense. Ian and Pandy talking rot about actors. They've made a hundred episodes, so well done, bros. I can't believe people listen to you bores. It usually starts with what the boys have been up to. Sometimes a jingle, sometimes a life event. They've turned from Ginger Slightly Mad into Uncle and Dad, and often that's affected the frequency of their content. The actors and directors featured on the show are certainly above them, but they give it a go. 
In and Pansy give their thoughts, their views, and whims. And often they amuse themselves with their own brand of immature, often crude jokes referencing things they grew up watching, caring not whether anyone else understands what they're talking about, but somehow hoping the audience enjoy themselves on the ride of two foolish brothers being somewhat creative outside of the constraints of their adult lives. Also, silly names, like Whacking Bottom. So what is next for Ian and for Pandy? Can't seem to end it or gain new listenership. Unpenetrable for you folks with their in-jokes. Heather Graham, the Oscar game, Paul Rudd, Bug Alert. In short, I've got a ghastly mess. Ah, oh, I think George is being slightly unfair there. <laughs> Not like we randomly just uh, throw in something that only us will appreciate. <laughs> Zordrak and the Dreamstone. Um, <laughs> Twinkle the Dream. There we go. You know. Excuse me, Terence. <laughs> All that great stuff. Okay, um, I'm officially hard out. Um, You're all hard out. Oh, that's a, well. If we will do a Heather Graham episode. Um, so. <laughs> So, You've been uh, gooning all the way through. <laughs> so, uh, until next time when we start off uh, the year of Redux officially. This is goodbye from me, Ian. And goodbye from me, the lackluster jingle maker, Candy. Cheerio. Bye.
Should we move on to our final film of uh, the first 100 episodes of Hey An Actor? I think we should. Which is, uh, you know, from one Hallmark movie to another. This is From Hell. Ooh. Oh, hang on. That's meant to be Hellmark. Wow. 100 episodes. 